Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Original movies are a staple of any TV junkie's diet, and we take them very seriously. So seriously that we've dedicated an entire podcast to picking apart each and every one ever made. The stories, the actors, the stunning dialogue, the IMDb trivia, we're here to discuss it all with the appropriate mixture of reverence and humor, one movie at a time. I'm Molly McAleer, and this is Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. Wish, I wish. I wish I meet a friend on whom I can depend. So, me? You really screwed up your big wish. Okay. For anyone that loves Christmas stories about... Here we go. Goodwill. I don't care. Joy. Mm, no. And peace to all. Fail. Then... You are a loser. Are you serious? Of course I'm serious. Look at my face. It's Christmas. You were talking to me. What are you, some kind of blonde witch? I heard all of that. Stop it. You stop it. You stop it, witch. When it comes to the holiday spirit... Don't get sappy on me. Wait, I forgot. It's a lifetime movie. All pets are off. Dude, grab that cat. But we know! They don't even make paintball guns for cats. Get out of here, British grubby cat! Aubrey Plaza brings the internet sensation to life. This is the best Christmas ever. Go ahead, ignore the title of my movie. Grumpy Cat's worst Christmas ever. Jingle bells, Christmas smells. Saturday, November 29th at 8 on Lifetime. Dude, Merry Christmas, you guys. It's Grumpy Cat. It's Stephen Ray Morris. It's our Christmas bonus episode. Hi, how are you? I'm great, Malls. How are you? I'm really good. I'm so excited that we did this movie. It was like just a thing that came to me. I was like, I remember Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever coming out, and I remember being very puzzled by it, and specifically why Aubrey Plaza, who is a rich woman, uh, would do a Lifetime movie. Um, I understand why she would do a Grumpy Cat movie. Yeah. That makes sense. On on point branding. Um, I wonder if she had got, I mean, if Aubrey Plaza, like, optioned this somehow and then took it, wound up taking it around and one of the places she took it was Lifetime? Oh. That's I, a question. I, yeah. I mean, my thing was I noticed because... On on Mother May I Sleep with podcast, you you always take a look at the cast, and I will actually say a lot, all the guest pe- or all the other like all the human actors for Lifetime actors have significant credits too to their names. So yeah, I, I was like like the whole cast is actually pretty pretty like filled with work. I mean, I feel like there was other episodes where it was like the that Lifetime movie was the last thing they ever worked on, right? Or like one of the last things. But I think I think. Aubrey Plaza assembled a quite a 
a cast of characters here. And I wonder if, because Russell Peters was in this as well. And Rus- isn't Russell Peters like the richest comedian? Like, isn't that his claim to fame? He's like America, the biggest comedian in the country, even though like most people don't know who he is. I have no idea who he is. I, I, um, I grew up in Orange County with all like Asian and Indian friends. So we mm-hmm. were obsessed with Russell Peters. Okay. Yeah. Because, uh, because I mean, at the time, like there wasn't a lot of comedians, uh, who had that perspective. So, right. so my friends were obsessed with his, I mean, now you kind of look at his stuff and it's kind of hacky and everything, but yeah, like that is very curious. If he is the richest comedian, what is he doing on a, <laughs> I mean, I just, I can't, I can't really make sense of this. Cause my, I myself felt that, um, you know, sh- like there, why would either one of them do this? Is like, it, is it doesn't similar, make any you, sense. Is this similar to like the Will Ferrell, Kristen Wiig thing where it's just more about the joke of them doing it? I mean, did you see the movie? I mean, <laughs> if that was the point, I mean, I mean, one big inside joke. I wonder if Aubrey Plaza got some of the like the back end. Some, yeah, some back end for this. Like any merch made specifically for the Grumpy Cat Christmas, Grumpy Cat Worst Christmas Ever. I'm trying to see. Like, it doesn't say that she's a producer or anything like no, that. No, she didn't have any producing credit. Um, um, it mean, was nominated for some oh, Leo awards, which I don't know what those are. Do you? No, that sounds like, like Webby or like that kind of thing of like acknowledging people who are doing work, you know, behind the scenes and nothing else kind of thing. Like this looked pretty good for a lifetime movie. Do you want to know who, okay, this is what they got nominated for. Yes. Best television movie. All right. Maybe best picture editing in a television movie. Uh, I just before we started, I will say this movie. I mean, as a video editor, that's my full time job. Like this movie was an editor's like wet dream. Like somebody had the editor on this movie had a lot of fun. Best casting in a television movie. I don't disagree with that. No. Best lead performance by a female tele by a female in a television movie. Movie. Megan Carpenter. Uh, the crystal crystal. Exactly. I mean, she, she had a wide range of emotions. She had a joke or two in there. Ooh, guess what? Maureen Webb, the casting director who was nominated for this. Listen to what else she's done. She's done brain on fire motive. Some assembly required Tony Braxton Unbreak my heart. Oh, wow. Package deal. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, wow. Um, Tony Braxton and Fifty Shades of Grey. The Troop. Yeah, dude, she's done everything. Now I'm trying to think of like... 50-50. Who were the actors? Like, who were the... What was the storyline in that t- Tony Braxton video? Um, I, the Tony Braxton thing, I think, was a, was a Lifetime movie. Oh, oh, it was a... Oh, I, thought, I thought it was the song, Unbreak My Heart, but... No, I think it was Tony Bra- it's Tony Braxton colon Unbreak My Heart. So oh, okay. I think that, yeah, this is a Lifetime movie. We will have to do this next season. season I have two. to invite Ed on because Ed, my best friend, loves Tony Braxton. Ed is so funny. Like he, um, I, I always get him concert tickets because I just love to like experience things with Ed. And so he mm. was like, because you always treat me to concerts, I'm going to treat you to a concert. And like, I'm not saying like I picked the best concerts. Sure. But like we went to Beyonce, we went to, we're going to Fleetwood Mac for Christmas. Oh, awesome. Ed was like, because you always take me to concerts, I'm going to take you to a concert and I know what you would love. 
Tony Braxton. And I was like, <laughs> cool. And he's like, wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't you love to see Tony Braxton? I'm like, I guess. Like, he's like, you don't love Tony Braxton. And I was like, oh, fi- I, fine. I fucking love Tony Braxton. Yeah. And then, because, um, you know, you don't want to be ingracious. Oh, of course. Yeah. But yeah. also at the same time, I'm like, babe apples and oranges like we're let's just say we're going out for a fun night this is not because we always go to concerts together i i too am going to gift you with a musical act in front of you maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm just being a diva like tony braxton herself i mean that's like seeing third eye blind or something that's kind like of. you know you're kind of like i'm glad i'm seeing this like it was worth it but it's not like the bucket list of like concerts um, when we saw Sugar Ray live, Ed and I, <gasps> what? he was like, he was like panting and like, he was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like he was like, he was going nuts and he was like tweeting from his account. Like Mark McGrath is an Irish king. I love this man. Like he just was like, it was the cutest thing in the whole world. Like he genuinely was like Mark McGrath, what up? And like, by the way, of course that's my best friend. Yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed with Jody Sweeten. I can barely be happy for you that you met her. Like that's and I worked on that. I've actually talked about it to people. Real I was like, talk. dude, I was unfair to Steven. I was like, he told me this great news about Jody Sweeten, and I immediately turned it into me. I was like, I had to bite my tongue from turning it more into me. Um yeah, you're working you're working you're working through it. I'm working through it. I mean, um, I, I saw Vanessa Carlton this year, so I know all about the like. You did, yeah. The being like, hmm. but I actually, ended up, hmm. I ended up, exactly. hmm. but I had a great time because she was, a, she's a new mom, and she got like very wine mom drunk. Oh, and then she was also one of those people who isn't like above playing the hits, right? So it was a ro- you know, a room full of at the Roxy, like drunk singing a thousand miles. It was, it ended up being an amazing night. That's that's pretty tight. Yeah. Steven, how many stars do you think this has on IMDb? Oh, like out of their 10 rating? Mm-hmm. Um, I did, you know, I actually didn't look when I... I want to say like a 7.5 or something. 5.2. What? Yeah, this is not... This Ugh. is not... Uh, not a lot of people love this movie. I mean, it. it's... I mean, I as you know, I love cats, but... I mean, this movie's more about just being self-aware about Lifetime movies more than like about grumpy. It almost seemed like more of a vehicle for this person to sort of like rip into Lifetime movies, which and I guess is what thing we're doing. I, I kind of <laughs> low-key noticed was like, um, it also was true to what someone, it was, it moved very quickly. Yeah. It was flashy. There was lots of visual jokes. And I think that that was there. Like if you are a huge like meme fan, a meme head. It felt very meme yes. Like, it felt very, like, oh, like, this is a, um, I don't know. Like, this yeah, is a, a gif, short little gif video. Worthy. It's yeah, gif-worthy. It's all, like, gif Exactly. Everything yeah. was gif-worthy. Like, when we get, to, like, we're going to have fun when we get to the font because this movie did so much stuff with the font. So much fun stuff with font. So, the movie, again, is Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. Merry Christmas. Let's get into it. So we open with the definition of grumpy. Um, It's a typewriter noise, whatever. We're seeing it typed out in that old type font. It says, adjective, grumpier, grumpiest, surly or ill-tempered, discontentedly or sullenly irritable, grouchy. And then under it's written, does anyone even use a typewriter anymore? Uh Oh, man. So lock in because that's a tone setter like that's setting the tone and like and I was like this is what I'm going to be watching for the next hour and 26 minutes oh yeah that that is you're you're so right it's like just in that little moment 
that movie, all the movie is, is these like things. And then it always circling back on itself. Like, Hey, what did you think about this? Or like, isn't this stupid or isn't this crazy? Yeah. You know, something that is, I, I think is like lazy writing a lot of times, but that I actually like, I, I think our generation in, in particular really enjoys it is comment, like commenting on the writing in your yes. own script. Yes. Like saying like, did you really just say that? It's yeah. like, if you have to say that, then probably don't write it. But yeah. like, that's a punchline. Like that's a go-to is like calling out the writing. No. And that's, that's this entire movie is every scene is, is calling it, calling itself out. So we're in a suburban mall. This is where most of the movie is going to take place. Carolers are singing Deck the Halls. Then Grumpy Cat appears, and the word no is slapped across the screen in traditional impact bold Yes, meme I was going to say the yes. impact. Yeah, the impact font. Is even it impact bold or I, impact? I, I think you're right. I it's think impact. it's impact bold. But even the, the logo of the movie, too, I think was in the meme font, which is like... Yeah, I, th- I actually I think have, I have to, to go, go back, back and, look, and look at that. But I, yeah. think, I think so, like... Again, going ham on the like meme quality of it, which means that because it's it's also the font is not lifetimey. No, because life. I mean, it's very good. Uh, they did. I think they picked the exact right fonts for this movie. I'm yeah. gonna say good job with the fonts <laughs> font department, but they're not very lifetimey. No. In my lifetime, I like a weird S. I like a weird over dramatic capital letter that has like almost a tail behind it. Yeah. That's the kind of, (laughs) yeah, it's all like the fonts are almost more like graphically, like they're almost like an image, like trying to represent the movie or whatever. Absolutely. Nothing will ever beat, um, Liz and Dick though, just the juxtaposition of all those fonts was so wild. So (laughs) wild. This is a serial killer, like leaving a note. It was like, it was like the assistant night editor. They were like, you pick the fonts. I don't know. Like it was just just someone doing the most. Welcome to Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. The movie. You don't have to watch it, but I know you're going to. So this is also what we'll be doing for the next hour and 26 minutes. And I'm beginning to think that Aubrey Plaza doesn't care what you think. And she is branded te- like detachment somehow. Like yeah. It's like so her bit. This is so like you're like, oh, if I have ever seen an Aubrey Plaza movie, I know exactly what I'm going to be getting for this one hour and 26 minutes. I'm going to be sassed till I can't be sassed no more. I just like, I mean... Other other than like Daria, this is like the role she was like born to play almost. Exactly. I know. I really agree. I don't know. I mean, this is the thing is that I think that this could, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there wasn't the audience for it, but I feel like if this skewed a little bit more kid or a little bit more adult, this yeah. could be a great this could have been a regular release movie like in the theaters. And I think that this is something that would sell well on DVD if it had gone more kiddie or gone more adults, like, because it's, it's right in between and not in that like delicious Pixar (laughs) way where you're like, Oh, okay. Like I get all the jokes. Um, I get the real jokes, but, um, it's, it's, it's odd. We're going to go, we face a lot of oddness in this. There's a lot of moments where you're like, like set a double take kind of guys. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, is anyone in here? So we've established that this movie is basically a spoof on Christmas movie while still also being a legitimate Christmas movie, yes. but also being a commentary on cheesy movies in general. Like you're even like Hallmark. Like I think that this movie, a- if I had to guess this movie was originally meant for, they were probably going for NBC, NBC passed. Mm. 
Then I think they went to Hallmark because they have such a huge Christmas is such a huge thing on that channel. And then yeah. they went to Lifetime because Lifetime doesn't even I mean, Lifetime has some Christmas movies, sure, yeah. but like it's not their bread and butter. Like if you want a Christmas movie, you go to Hallmark. They gave, they gave up that that like weird territory of melodrama. They're like Hallmark. You can have the Christmas movies. Exactly. I would bet that they took this to MTV. Like I would bet mm. that this, like once they realized, okay, this is going to be a TV movie. Maybe it was, I just want to know the backstory here. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like you could, because this movie was so sketch kind yes. of based, you could see them like this movie had probably had like an edgier version, a kiddier version like I'm just like almost like you could just insert new joke kind of like. I mean, this wasn't pitched. This is definitely one of those things where your agent calls and says like, hey, we have a relationship with uh, Tonka trucks. Like, yeah. do you want to take a meeting with them? They want to do a Tonka truck movie. Like this is definitely one of those things where it's like the guys, Jeff Morris, your dad. Yeah. By yeah. the way, the, one of the writers of this movie has the same name as, as my, Steven's dad. As my dad. I was like. What the, he, not only the executive producer, but the writer as well. When um, you texted me that, I was like, um, he wrote, he's written for SpongeBob SquarePants, Rocco's Modern Life. Um, he's done a lot of like fun animated stuff um, that's like respectable. Um, and, but then um, when you texted me that, I, my first thought was like, is Steven's dad like a low key rich person? And then I was like, wait a minute, you would not be rich from writing Grumpy Cat's Christmas. Um, no, I, yeah, I want like, that's what I'm curious about this movie is that like, I mean, we'll get into it, but I'm just, sorry. Just, Jeff Morris didn't write on SpongeBob. That's oh. Tim Hill. Jeff Morris has done four films. I think that he was brought in to, um, I think that he got co-writing credit for adulting it up a little bit, maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe, I'm guessing, if I had to guess. Yeah, I don't know. My, my dad's not a secret Lifetime writer. He's a CPA, so. That's good. Not as glamorous. Would you, <laughs> is he honest? Would you recommend him? Uh, I mean, he just does companies now. He doesn't do personal. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> you say you don't trust Some him. tax advice. Uh, <laughs> um, so, okay. So basically grumpy cat lives at a pet store called whiskers. All the pets in the store can talk. Grumpy cat can hear them all. She breaks down all the other animals and why she hates them. It was like an ocean's 11 yes. kind of thing, you know, like June, here's the, you know, here's the snake. Here's the, yes. here's the dog. So the snake is positive. That's why she hates the snake. The puppy is hyper and full of life. That's yeah. why she hates it. The parrot is like British. Yeah. And then the gerbil's kind of a bro. But the gerbil really lost its character throughout. Like it was a bro at some times. At was, certain times it was kind of like, what was It was that? just a filler animal to just sort of like, again, because we'll get to the, to the, you know, as I was watching, like the first half hour of this movie, I was like, are the other animals actually going to do anything? Like we spent a good minute chunk introducing all of them. Right. So I was actually kind of relieved later in the movie when they do come into play because I was like, why did we introduce all these animals for them to like, they literally just sort like they just take one moment in the story. But for a while I was like, is this going to be like a heist movie? I mean, yeah. it is a heist movie, I guess, but like, I think they did okay <laughs> with diversity in this movie and both animals and the actors. Like I yeah. think there was, this was a more diverse movie than most lifetime movies ever are. Now was this, was this mall? Did you grow up with malls like this? Uh, yeah, I guess the Burlington mall, but okay. I mean, I didn't grow up in a mall where it was like, 
hey, nacho man. Like, <laughs> hey, guy at the kiosk. Like, it wasn't like that. They really established her character as somebody that, like, even though she has a lot of tood, yeah. like, people like her. Yeah, Crystal. Yeah. Okay, but we'll get to her in yeah, a yeah, second. Yeah, so yeah. we find out that Grumpy Cat has been returned twice. And Grumpy Cat doesn't care. Grumpy oh, Cat doesn't care at all that no. she was returned twice. She didn't want to be with him anyway. Yeah. So then a beautiful dog walks into the pet store. Um, and his monologue and in, in his introduction to the group is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I just love me. What the heck are you? A science experiment gone bad? More like a science experiment gone right. Okay, the dog, like the nemesis of the dog has been established. Yeah. Uh, grumpy cats, hey, cats hate dogs. So um, a young guy in a suit, tiny little suit, comes in and tells the owner of the pet shop that his rent is in arrears. I think that's how you say it, arrears? Yeah. What is arrears? I had to look it up. It's funny, it just came up on another podcast I produce my favorite murder because oh. Karen Kilgariff previous guest on mm -hmm. uh, used it and both Georgia and I didn't know what that meant Arrears? it means you owe you're just in debt you owe somebody money okay got yeah it. so I yeah I recently also but can other things be in arrears or is it just rent specific the definition that I saw like when you just like what the Google pops up with the definition yeah. just said for money, but maybe okay. it could be other things, but at least like the first definition is specifically money. To be clear, I Googled it too, but then I like spaced out three words into the definition. I, I mean, spaced. it's, it's a funny word. I just kind of like, I want to use it for other things. So the bit here is that like after every sentence that he mutters, there's an insult. So he's like, your rent is in arrears deadbeat. Uh, and he's like, wait, did you just call me a deadbeat? This is Mr. Crabtree who runs the store. And he's like, of course not, loser. Like very classic comedy. Ugh. Classic. Now, was was the casting of that guy to be like this little boy in a suit, was like part of was that his casting a joke as well? Was that like part of the joke with that that he was like? No, know, I think he was supposed to be like a cute little prick. Oh, like okay. I think he was just supposed to be like I, I don't I actually thought like Okay, he's like the kind of cute guy in yeah. this movie that's not actually a villain. Like, there are no cute guys in this movie except for the mom's boyfriend, Robert, yeah. or whatever. And there always has to be a cute boy. Yeah. Um, and so he kind of was like, yeah, I think if I was 12, I would find him attractive. I just, because his suit just seems so Tiny. big. So big, like, well, I mean, it just, like, on him, it just seemed like very kind of like 80s shoulder pads kind of like jutting out from him a little bit i guess i didn't pick up on how ridiculous the suit was i i don't know i just like because like in these movies he is supposed to be it, it's funny that it, like again we, as we'll go on later that he doesn't like his arc is very weird yeah but it's like it like they set him up as to be the like you know you think this he's is, devious yeah they set him up to be like the in the in these kind of movies he's the guy that's gonna close down the library or shut down the football exactly. you know the baseball Cancel team or Christmas whatever or whatever yeah totally um so we find out that 
Mr. Crabtree is going to be evicted. Um, And he's like, don't worry. He's like, I'm going to make rent in two days and I'm going to tell you how. And Grumpy, um, and he's like, I'm going to make Grumpy Cat the most famous cat in the entire world. She's going to be an internet meme. All we need is a picture of Grumpy saying something like, "Uh, I had fun once. It was awful. (laughs) I mean, you put that on the internet thing, my Bob, and that is sure to go viral. Her face will launch a thousand products, everything from T-shirts to coffee mugs. After that... TV appearances. And, oh, I don't know, maybe a Lifetime movie. You are a genius. Grumpy's like, nah, I don't have what it takes for fame. I can't play a keyboard. I'm not an unusual, I'm not in like an unusual animal friendship. Like I'm not animated. So record scratch, we're going to go and revise that scene. And we do this a couple times, the yeah. revise the scene thing. It's very Zach Morris. And like to fill up the time and to the, I, I will say a fun fact about the footage that they show. They show the keyboard cat. Um, which that cat actually passed away the year I was born. So I want to think that maybe I was reincarnated from keyboard cat. Um, possibly I actually, I mean like it literally never occurred to me that keyboard cat wasn't amongst us and also that it died so long ago. I mean, I know the video was grainy, but like, do you remember taking a video on a Blackberry? Like it looked looked shitty then too. So like, I'm uh, that's actually devastating, oh, I'm but I'm happy to be here with you. I keyboard cat. Yeah. I'm glad we got to experience him 20 years later. Um, and then the <laughs> other cat neon cat, the like, nah, 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 nah. yeah, those two memes are also managed by the same manager as keyboard cat, this guy named Ben lashes. And he's, <laughs> he's a meme manager. Oh really? He also rep- He also reps scumbag Steve. Okay. And a ridiculously photogenic guy. Who's ridiculously photogenic guy? He's the uh, he's the runner who like just for a split second looks at the camera and it's like the meme for him is just like runs the you know runs the twelve k still smiling brilliantly or stuff like that or whatever. He, oh yeah, he's just like the very like cute um, cute. Oh runner yeah, guy. he's adorable. Yeah, like he's good looking. Like to to like he's and yeah, this guy Ben lashes. Like there's got to be a movie about that guy's life someday. Yeah. Uh, Cause he manages grumpy cat, keyboard cat, neon cat. And then these other two people memes. But I feel like that's probably why they got to use that footage in the grumpy cat movie. Cause it's the same manager. So he just cut a deal. What's wild is that we're saying that this is the cat's agent and it is, <laughs> but like also like, can you imagine being Because usually when you're dealing with talent, like you have the benefit of dealing with talent, yes. like even as much as that can be a drawback, like it's also, um, you know, a human, for example, it can talk back to you. Yeah. Uh, it, it has its own input and artistic vision. Well, um, in reality, you know, who knows if Grumpy Cat's owner is a fucking impossible bitch. Her name is Tabitha. And yeah, I don't know anything like, about her. Her name is Tabitha and I am she... dating her seriously. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> you kind of looked away when you said that. Like you were about to tell me like, actually, that's my best friend. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. No, no. I just was like thinking about it too, because it's like, what is that person? What is their life like? Right. Where, because it's like, I always joke about that with my cat where I'm like, what if I take her to like become an actor? Like, like hasn't, hasn't like Wags been in things and stuff? No, Wags isn't good. Chooch, my friend Jackie's dog Chooch has been in things. Oh, I met Chooch the other day. Yeah. Wags has been in like little, like little things, but like he's, um, he's not well behaved. No. Um, 
in fact, like I've done things with animals and they're like, can you bring your dog? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 this is, I, it would ruin the day. Um, but, um, yeah, I just wonder like, no, what is that I, person's life where they're devoted to? I've met Marnie, the oh, dog. Oh, really? Yeah. I met Marnie, the dog. And then like, I didn't realize she was like super famous and it was Grammy night. And that was the night that like, she had her picture taken with Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran and oh like God. all those like really like, it was like all those really famous Marnie picks. Yeah. And like, I will not lie to you. Like there's an episode of reply all one of my favorite podcasts about Marnie where it's like, I find, you know, it's a, like a little bizarre that this girl quit her full-time job to make Marnie a job and like Marnie totally covers her income. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to lie. I got really, really sensitive when Gawker did a post recently being like, is Marnie the dog dead? Like, and it was just like, this dog has looked dead. Like from people I've talked to, it smells really bad. Like she's lifeless. Like, and I was like, that is so mean. Like if someone wrote something like that about Wags, like is this haggard dog like dead and like its owner has been carrying it around for four years? Like that is cruel. I can't even fathom that. That is... Like imagine waking up and having your cat on the front page of fucking Gawker with them like being like, is Penny secretly dead? Oh my God. <laughs> I would be so upset. Like that would be more upset than attacking my own character. Like... It would be funny too, especially <laughs> if she wasn't famous. And yeah. <laughs> Why do you care about my cat? How do you even know who Penny is? Yeah. Um, huge Purrcast fans. By the way, Steven is is here as my guest today, not just because I love Steven and he's the producer of this show, but because he's a cat expert. Yes. So I Have hope I can... Have you tried to word blend that? Catspert? Yeah. There Did we go. Did you call yourself that? I mean, I feel like I don't want to claim to be an authority. I just really like cats. <laughs> you haven't put in your 10,000 hours on that no. cat, on your cat love yet? <laughs> Dr. Catspert. Um, okay, so um, basically... Um, we acknowledge the memes. Yes, Revetra's, uh, record scratch. We reverse, this, uh, reverse that scene. Yeah, I can't do any of that stuff. So I'm revising the previous scene, okay? You are seriously behind. How do you plan to do that? With this dog. Hi there. Oh, is that what you are? He just happens to be the most expensive Leon burger in the world. Let that sink in, kitty cat. Someone would actually pay for you? He's worth a million dollars. Whoops. Shut the front door. Shut the back door, too. Shut all the doors. A million? Really? With an M? That sounds like a MacGuffin to me. Whatever that means. I call it a bargain. I should be worth a billion with a B. I got a buyer, and guess what? That money is going to put me back in the black. And God, the guitar riff that he does at the end after he said it was painful. And I really like, and so basically Grumpy Cat immediately becomes resentful that Jojo the dog is getting so much attention and the prime spot in the front window of the place. Was it like a Fabio riff or like just general model-ness? Like the Jojo, like his personality. I think that it was like almost like a um, Hansel. Oh, that yeah. Oh, yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah, but it could have been. I mean, like, I think that it was just... I, I mean, what other voice would a dog like that have? Yeah, that's you true. Know what I it kind of sounded like Patrick Warburton at some points. I didn't yeah. look up. I didn't look up who played the dog, who the voice actor was. Let me see. But it, like, there were some points where it was like, oh, "I'm a dog," you know, like, like very, um, like Emperor's New Groove or, or 
there were a lot of voices in this that I was like, I feel like I recognize that. Yeah, I I wonder though for this kind of movie. Steven Stanton was Jojo the dog. Mm. Other voices he has done. Wow. Oh, are we gonna is this a gold mine? Or is this Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movies, Star Wars Rebels, Lost in Oz, The Seven D All the Way, Archer, Breadwinners. Banicula, Treasure Island, Mile American, StarCraft II, Legacy of the Void, Disney Infinity 3.0, Tosh.0, Star Wars Rebels, uh, Grumpy Cat's First Christmas, Unbroken, World of Warcraft. Um, okay, so this is like animation, video games. I mean, but like Raising Hope. He was the narrator in Raising Hope. I think oh, I don't wow. know if they always had one. Um, I mean, like this man has worked... I mean, I can't believe this. This man has had at least in 2009, this guy had, he had nine jobs. Like that's real. Like that's really good. Like this guy is like a very, although I mean this movie, I feel like, I mean, he could, I mean, he probably did all of his lines as Jojo in a day. Don't you think? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe like, you know, two or three hours and then maybe did some pickups later or something like that. His picture is adorable too. He's like tipping his, he's like tipping his cat. I need to see what he looks like. Cap a little bit. Oh, look at that. That's a cute, that's a cute little like headshot. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a picture of him in front of Cine family. Oh, he's fun. I like this guy. Oh man. Maybe I I should reach out to him to do the podcast next season. By the way, I think we're going to do a second season. I think we're, I think we're very getting very close to confirming that. So awesome. Time to meet our awful movie's heroine. There she is. Look at her. <laughs> With second feeling behind me, Aubrey Plaza as Grumpy Cat. <laughs> and after that, I wrote, this movie is bizarre, and I'm not sure who it is for. Um, do kids know who Aubrey Plaza is? That's a question. Mm. Like little kids that yeah. would watch Christmas movies. Do they know who she is? I mean, because I feel like she does more adult movies and then kind of like raunchy blockbuster comedy type things like Mike and Dave or yeah. Dirty Grandpa or something. Yeah. And and the only other movie that could have crossover appeal was Scott Pilgrim, which kind of bombed when it first came right, out. Right. That's right. That's right. And I don't even, and that also was like a teenager movie too. Yeah. Like that wasn't for really little kids. I forgot no, that she was in that. Yeah. But no, yeah, she... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can't imagine, I can't imagine this movie for kids at all, really. Yeah. The more I think about it, but yeah. So. Also like film terms, like sounds like the MacGuffin to me. Oh God, you that know. really annoyed me. That's really. An, that <laughs> yeah, as a writer, really I mean, you're a writer me. and you're just like, I mean, you mentioned a little bit earlier, but just the, 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 the term that kept coming back to me for this movie was cloying. Uh-huh. Just sort of like, uh-huh. you know, yes. just this like syrupy spiral of like turning on it, like obnoxiously commenting on exactly. it. Exactly. It's like, it was just like 20 layers of irony wrapped in like self-awareness and like just, it just was very weird. Yeah. Um, it was weird. It was a weird fucking movie. So now we meet our little girl, the Crystal. star, Crystal. Crystal walks through the mall. She knows everyone. She says hi to each of the store owners. Um, you know, no. she's good. Cause like the, the, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the taco guy. 
to uh i can't remember his name at the moment but that the fact that he talks to her in spanish yeah like it's just like oh she's that's a sign that this character that crystal is good in in this world you know yeah everyone loves her yeah everyone so now we see an elf and a waitress flirting at like a ruby tuesdays type place um and they're talking about how broke they are i think they're a couple this is me writing i can't tell because grumpy cat keeps flying through the scene (laughs) saying things like blah 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 not my story yeah um b story that I mean it's funny it's just like does anyone get that yeah. like I feel like that's so inside like I feel like everyone, oh, I, see. I yeah. don't feel like I knew what a I don't I mean I knew that there was two stories on a show I don't think I knew it was called a B story until yeah. I started like studying TV yeah. like and figuring out shit like that I never yeah, you're knew right. it was is, called it, a B story is middle america or whatever are are they like a B story because that's like the side story that's supposed to tie back in later to you know are they like was this written for the UCB crowd like yeah. who was this fucking movie written for it makes no sense it Just doesn't tell make me. any it's here nor there like it's it doesn't exist in any one space and you know what good for them they're challenging me. I like that. I like to be challenged. But I have to say, I truly do not understand who this movie was written for. Here nor for. there. That's a really great way to think about it. I mean, it's here nor there. Um, Can I just say that I thought this actress was really hot? The mom? <laughs> like, <laughs> as like a mom. she. Was, but they like dolled her up to make her like a tomboy mom. Yeah, she's like, like hey, the, look. The flannel, the like... She's like got bangs, so you still know that she's kind of like a young mom, but like the hair's tied back because she's like a tough single mom. Like she's got every, she has everything going on that is like, even though like this B story is not in the movie that much, it's almost just used, the story is just used as a device to cut away for sometimes. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just looking up who played. Yeah, yeah. Who I don't know who played. Because there's someone called like Sid. Sadika Larbus, but like, and she's credited as mom, but I don't know. Did mom have a name? I think she was Tabby or something. Oh, Tabby. For some reason in all these, okay. Which is a cat breed. (laughs) Oh, that's very true. Oh my God. So what has she done? She's done something called uh, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. That's a TV show. Cedar Cove, Fatal Memories, Honor Student, Bed Bugs, A Musical Love Story. Close to my heart. Uh, Psych. She did an episode of Psych. Her first thing was a short called Pearls. She played Jane. Hmm. Um, proud of you. I would say her first big role, like Fringe, was a big TV yeah, show, that, right? That was a big show. She yeah. was on Fringe uh, as Sarah. No, Julie Danzig. Okay. Oh, she got a last name. Yeah, she got a full name. That's very rare. So um, let's go back. Um, so basically. Um, they get there. We realize, okay, they're not in a relationship. He just like digs her really hardcore. And like the elf guy is cute. And like, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't have names in this because the names weren't really said often. No. Unless it was like Mr. Crabtree. And yeah. it's like, okay, I'm not going to forget Mr. Crabtree. So yeah. I'm going to call the guy, this guy elf. His name's Robert, I think, but I'm going to call him the elf or Robert yeah, intermittently yeah, yeah. throughout interchangeably. Uh, and the mom, I'm just going to call mom. Yeah. Um, so Crystal sits down at the table and he's like, and she hears him say like, 
so come to that Christmas party with me tonight? And she's like, just go out with him, mom. He's been asking you out for months. And so the mom agrees to go on the date, but only if Crystal comes with, which is super inappropriate, by the way, like wildly inappropriate. And the kind of thing that is very triggering for someone like me, a child of a single parent, like yeah, yeah, yeah. that is wildly inappropriate to bring your daughter, uh, especially if you've only been divorced for a year. Like, is she that well adjusted that she's going on dates with you? Yeah, I, when my mom was single, I definitely didn't go on any dates with my, my sister and I were not invited to any of my mom's dates. Well, I'll, I'll think about moving on from your father, but only if you come with, like, it's just so crazy. So Crystal's mom pulls her aside and she's on the way out. And this is so weird. It's a weird demand for a mom to ask of a child. It's yeah. a weird time to act like, Bitch, you're at your Ruby Tuesday shift. Like, why are you asking your daughter about her deep psychological issues? Like, she has psychological issues. She cannot relate to other children. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know how to relate. She lives in an adult world. And hmm, I don't know why. Maybe because she's going on dates with her mother um, in a completely <laughs> wildly inappropriate scenario. So she's wearing pink fishnets. Uh, oh, on, sli- on the sleeves for the gloves and then with the like denim it's the denim vest with the hoodie combo which yes. I feel like has made a really big comeback in recent yes. years and by the way it was this was like on trend for 2014 when this came yeah. out like she's a cool girl yeah like, if you were watching this movie as a kid you'd be like she's artsy cool and a badass yeah um okay so um she pulls her aside and she's like Hey, by the way, you promised me you'd try to make friends at school. And she's like, I'm trying, mom. And I was like, <laughs> like, I don't like, what are you like, what are you? She said, like, just said, like, I don't relate to them or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, I wasn't a kid that really related to other kids either. I had friends at school. Yeah. But it's t- like, mom, chill the fuck out. Like, yeah. And how, how old is Crystal? Like, she's I- exactly 12, which is weird because he didn't start to say her age until a different part in the movie, but like for some, something happened in the movie that I was like, that girl is 12 years old. And I, um, and it turns out, yes, yeah, she's 12. She seems, I just instinctively knew. She's like weirdly age free to me. She could be like 16 or 10. Right. Yeah. Like she kind of plays it like at different points in the movie, she can be very sweet or very sarcastic. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't, it never occurred to me in this movie because she's kind of by herself the whole time. I think maybe we don't, like her age is kind of irrelevant to the story. I do think that she would look kind of ridiculous in makeup though, which would be necessary to make her 16 mm. is you'd have to really age her up. And like, yeah. she has that pretty skin and that like nice, it's just like, she's like that kind of girl that it's like, Oh, you don't need honey. Yeah. Like you look crazy in makeup. I feel like Erica Christensen is sort of like that. Like it's like, yeah, you're yeah, too yeah. pretty for like, you don't need that. No, she was Makes very, your face look weird. She was very like, and I think that's why her character was that sort of, although it just seems to me like that was the weird part about her, the intro to this arc about her not relating to people. It's that like, I feel like her mom would be on board with her not giving a fuck because her mom seems yeah. to be like kind of a tomboyish too. So yeah. it's like, it would, to me, it almost seems like the mom and her would be like us against the world kind of Totally, dynamic. totally. And but that her mom would like really dig that like her daughter is so adored by so many adults that she like, that so many adults feel her daughter can hang. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. She's the kid that can hang with the adults. Crystal can hang. <laughs> um, that should have been the name of this movie. Crystal can hang. Crystal can hang. So, um, 
we meet George, the mall security guy that flirts with all the girls uh, in the mall. He's trying to impress a girl working at the kiosk with a story about his last bust, um, him catching a man trying to steal a pair of jeans. Um, the girl at the kiosk is like, George, I'm going to lunch. Um, and his MO changes later in yeah. this script. Like his, like, cause I thought his bit was going to be that like George is the insatiable perv. Like he's the guy that's just like, Hey sweetheart to like anyone, yeah. um, inappropriate, like, like too busy talking to the perfume girl to like see Catch a guy criminal, getting yeah. stabbed. Right. Um, well then it, they established that he, but then they established that he is a good relationship with crystal, so that it kind of throws you off the scent a little bit. Exactly. But I, I will say that this guy looked like what Drew Peterson actually looks like. Absolutely. Like that dead it hit on. me when I saw yes. it. I was like, oh, this is what Drew Peterson actually looks like, not Rob Lowe. Drew Peterson watched this in prison and kicked himself. He was like, <laughs> you could have had it all, Drew. You could have gone to Hollywood. Yeah. So... Um, Crystal spots the popular girls from her high school at the mall. She walks up to them and she's like, hey guys, like want to hang out or something? And they're totally typical mean girls. They call her a dork. They push past her, whatever. Uh, thankfully there's like basically almost none of this in the movie. Yeah, no, I was really glad because again, it was one of those things where like, are they playing a joke at this? Because like the cool girls have braces and like they look, they almost look younger than Crystal. Yeah. And also like, it's just so... Like the, it's so hackneyed, like the three girls together at the mall being like, Hey loser. Like that's in every, there's a couple things that always happen in movies with malls. Um, and there's two of them that happen in this one. And one is like that mean girl scene where it's like girls are clicking their heels through the mall being bitches. And, um, the other one is later on and I'll tell you what it is. I mean, they, they could have got the girls from death click to be in here and then that would have been more terrifying for crystal. Absolutely. Like I'm going to fucking kill you, crystal. Yeah. You have to go away. Um, I'm going to get rid of you. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. Um, so two guys look at an engagement ring from like the Jared or the K jewelers or whatever. It's a very tacky. No Tiffany's. I, I loved that because I wrote my notes. It's a tacky jewelry store that should be avoided. Um, and I said, um, and then the guy was like, oh, what's the biggest rock you got? And, and uh, she's like, he's like, eight grand. Here it is, a real beauty. And he's like, that's it? And she's like, well, we're not exactly Tiffany's. And I was like, that, that is fucking funny. That yeah. actually made me laugh. Like, I... Cause I like, they're basically like shitting on middle America. Cause I had a hard time even writing in my notes. Cause I wrote here, I was like, go to your city's diamond district. If you're going to buy a fucking diamond. Um, <laughs> so he also, he's brought his bandmate with him to buy this engagement ring. And they're in a fight. They're in a band called dragon's tail, by the way, just so you know, they just look like spores of Johnny Depp. Like absolutely. Oh my just God. Like, the, the, like if Johnny Depp was like growing fungus and they Dandruff. dripped off. Yes. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, um, so the dudes are riding the escalator down to, together and like i'm writing here how many fucking storylines are we following here it's like a goddamn pilot yeah i was (laughs) like this is a robert robert altman-esque level of like cast of characters like this is i think we were like 16 minutes into this movie and it's like we've there's no story yet it's just introduction this is the this is us of lifetime movies like we're following many many stories here dude what is with all the angst? I wanted to be the one pretending to get married. But everything has to be your way, just like what songs we sing in the garage. Because I'm the front man with the golden voice. Yeah! And you're the bass player with the fat fingers. I do not have fat fingers. Anybody can do this. Oh, that's me? Oh, you're doing me right now? Well, 
Oh, yeah, well, no one shreds killer bass solos the way I do. Ow! Boom, 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 boom! Never mind. Good luck trying to find someone who can do that on our upcoming tour. Hello. It's not gonna be a tour. We hit that jewelry store, we're looking at 50 G's tops. You can't get a bust with that. How are we gonna bring our music to our audiences? So these guys are gonna knock off the jewelry store to buy a tour bus. They spot JoJo, the million dollar dog. Um, and I don't know if we, yeah, we played the clip. JoJo, the company is, or the business is gonna be saved because JoJo is worth a million dollars. Which by the way, JoJo dollars? is not worth a million dollars. Like. <sighs> I know these show dogs. I know that every breed has to have a star, but like Jojo wasn't that cute. Well, it's a weird, it's a weird thing where it's like, like a million dollars isn't a lot of money in terms of like, like threats anymore in terms of like ransom. Yeah. But it's like the writers were like, well, but we can't have this be an unreasonable amount also because it's a dog. Right. So it just comes off as weird. It's like a million dollars. Well, what yeah again here nor there like a fifty thousand for a dog like i had a a dog a trainer for wags and she flew to germany to buy her german shepherd because it came from like royal bloodlines or whatever like you're good it's one of the best (laughs) german shepherds in the world and so she flew all the way to germany to go get her dog but um wait 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 you do have to use a coaster Hmm. though sorry no 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 no. that's my that's my table from new orleans it actually has a cat on it did you notice that? No. Cats are everywhere today. So um, the owner of the pet store is talking to the press about his million-dollar dog. Also not smart if you're just going to leave this million-dollar dog at the pet store overnight. Yeah, why wouldn't you take that home? Why are Come you on, saying, like, tree. look what I got in the vault, dude? Marcus but. Crabtree. So um, they decide they're going to target that instead. Then George drives by on his rascal scooter, scooter and shoots them a look. He's got his eye on them. He's got eyes on yeah. these two. Um <laughs> the, the the bass player just like waves. Yes. Like I feel I felt for more for those genuine moments of like joking. Like it is being stupid and silly, but like it's like having fun instead of being ironic. Yes. Like I those, have a- those moments stuck out st- <clears throat> those moments like it were more endearing to me. Yeah. Yeah, there was a I that second the brunette actor from the band, he had a few deliveries that were just like, wow. Aww. Like you really worked you worked on this. Like yeah. you did a good job. You're not overplaying it. I mean, I do write in this movie or in my notes here, I have some comments on the acting with these two, but um very home alone. It's very home alone. It's also I, I want to get into it later. Yeah, yeah. So Crystal sighs on a bench at the mall and a Santa pops up and she's like, hey, you're not Roger because she knows the Santa. She knows everyone in the mall. It's Roger. And the guy tells um, her that he is filling in for Roger while he picks up his mom from the airport. This made me laugh because I don't know why anyone getting picked up from an airport or a train station as like an excuse to not be there is always <laughs> the funniest thing to me. Really? I just, I don't know why. It just makes me laugh. Like, first of all, he's picking up his mom at the airport. It's like a little pathetic. And then we get a great payoff for this later. This is one, for some reason, that's something that will always make me laugh. Is like, he's picking his mom up at the airport. It's just crazy. So Crystal says that it's nice that Santas look out for each other. And he he gives her a magical Christmas coin. And this is Russell Peters, by yes. the way. And he's wearing a full beard, so you can't really, like, you have to be, I think, a Russell Peters stan. You know well, him. But you even, know it was But him. even he, his, this performance, and, it, like, it even kind of hit me later, 
It's a, like when I watched it a second time, it's such a low key performance. Yes. It's not like, oh, I'm the mystical Santa. Like, and, and like, yeah, again, the it's like, what is this? Because this moment to me almost seems more like a moment that it comes near the end of a movie where a character has a low moment. But this is like, this is the thing that starts the story. Absolutely. This and, is the inciting incident, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a very deus ex kind of thing that like, it's just like... Yeah, like, what is this, what is this, how are you supposed to feel in this moment? Exactly. So, he's like, gives her the coin, he's like, you, um, if you make a Christmas wish and toss it into the fountain, it will come true. And, and if the wish rhymes, you get double Christmas magic. So, she agrees to make the wish, if only to humor him. For my Christmas wish, I wish. I wish I'd meet a friend. One who listens to me and on whom I can depend. Happy? Santa do? I can see you right there. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, it's not me. I'm magical. Dumb. Never works. Crystal goes to the pet store where she helps out. She says hi to Grumpy. Grumpy's like, hey, girl, like those boots. You're looking fine. Which, like... First of all, if that's going to be the first line this girl hears Grumpy Cat say, why is Grumpy Cat all of a sudden talking like that? Yeah, no, that's the only time that's the only time that happens in the narrative of the movie. Yeah, it's really weird. In real life, Grumpy Life, <laughs> Grumpy Cat talks like that yeah, all the time. But yeah. within this narrative, <laughs> um <laughs> no, there's there's a moment later where we'll we'll get to it where I'm like, is there like a larger universe here? Exactly. It's very weird. It's okay. So she looks around a little bit freaked out and she thinks it was the cashier. She's like, good one, Dave, or whatever his name was. Um, Crystal meets Jojo and she's like, You're beautiful. And Grumpy's like, Beautiful? On what planet? Planet ugly. And Crystal hears this too, and she turns around. She's like, What? What's going on? So Marcus, the pet store owner, reveals that he's been having a tough time since his since Shirley died she was his rock his everything and I really thought there was going to be a reveal that Shirley was a fish or something they just oh, never that would have been an even better be joke like, and I was like oh no he just like his wife just straight up died no you're right I didn't even think about that 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 was an opportunity for a joke like the that. joke would have been yes <laughs> You know, like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I sleep with her collar every night, you know, or something. I don't know. Just like throw in something. They cut to like another one of these imaginary sequences. And it's like, surely was my rock. Surely was my. And then it's like footage of him, like feeding a fish. Yeah. Like, sleeping with the fishbowl at night. Absolutely. Or something like that. It's you. Who, me? Say that again. Okay. I don't know what's happening here, but I don't like it. You were talking to me. What are you, some kind of blonde witch? You can't understand me. I heard all of that. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Well, stop it. You stop it. You stop it, witch. Are you having a conversation with the girl? Tell her I'm available and apparently on sale. Ooh, let her know I'll repeat any stupid thing she wants. My skinny sheds. Will you shut up? You shut up! So Crystal and Grumpy now know they have this connection yeah. that they can hear. She can, Crystal can hear Grumpy. Grumpy can hear all the other animals. Crystal can't hear any other animals. Um, Crystal realizes that when she tossed the coin into the well, this is what she wished for. Grumpy Cat is very nonplussed by this information. <laughs> Possibly even Grumpy, I wrote. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> the mean girls come into the pet store. Hey, look at the freak having a conversation with the little kitty. 
<laughs> Having a nice chat with your cat. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you rhymed chat with cat. Very smart, except you're terrible human beings. Crystal rushes through the mall. She needs to talk to Santa. Roger is working as Santa. We learn that Roger never left. He didn't need to pick up his mom because he lives with her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was so Pay funny. Off. Weren't you at the airport picking up your mom? Actually, I live with my mom. Like, it was just <laughs> so weird. It was so great. So he tells her that um, the other mall, Santa, like, it was one of those, like... Twilight Zone. The, yeah. the house burned down 20 years ago. Exactly. I, I love that. To me, that's, like, that Twilight Zone joke to me. Yes. is the funniest thing in the world to me. So when this movie did it, I was like, uh, like maybe this movie is for me. Like I'm back on board. Like any, any like doubts I had, I was like, all right, I'm going to stick You're with like, I'm this. I'm back in. That's a good one. Yeah. Come on now. The Westfield mall has been closed for 20 years now. Yeah. Um, so it should be noted that on his lap are two pudgy Asian twins. They speak simultaneously. I know you have some, I oh. just want to extrapolate. Yeah, well, I just wanted to say I wanted to know what was on their Christmas list because it was because that's always the joke in like these Christmas movies is that there's always like the spoiled kid who like has a crazy Christmas list. Who has a crazy or has like a crazy request. Yes. And um, so I paused the movie uh, and I looked and I zoomed in on what their Christmas list said because I like had to know what it Because you're the best. And their names are Hayden and Jaden. Um, which Hayden is spelled H E Y D O N. Okay. Like I was like, is, is Hayden actually spelled that way? That's a choice. I mean, maybe it's, maybe those are the actors real names. Um, and then it says Christmas list and instead of bullet points, it's stars. Okay. uh, Which is very specific. Cute. Um, and then it says Porsche race car, 10 speed bike. And then it says outbound B, which I'm assuming it's outbound bike. Okay. And then it says girlfriends spelled wrong, like F uh, R E I N D S. (laughs) And then chocolate in capital letters. That's really cute. That's their Christmas list. That's so funny. Oh my God. You're so good. (laughs) I haven't written anything down like that since our first episode, Travis Alexander's 10 steps. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Crystal is miserable at this adult Christmas party she's at with her mom. Worst Christmas party ever. I mean, just an odd Christmas party. Also, it's like, to me, I was like, is this just them making fun of all the modern Christmas traditions? The ugly Christmas sweater party, the the white elephant thing, which I feel like any Christmas parties I go to now are exclusively like white elephant. Like, let's just dump our shitty stuff off to our coworkers or friends like like what I would have liked if I was doing that scene for example I would portray it the way that a Christmas party actually is which is like adults getting inappropriately shit-faced <laughs> like the sober person kind of like having a conversation with their smart friend that's keeping their shit together everyone looking at their phone yes um and like this was one of those parties where it was like it was it was the the type of party that I have only experienced at my family's own Christmas Eve parties where, God damn it, we call it getting Von Trapped. And it's because oh there's um, some relatives in our family that are beautiful singers and they sing Irish folk songs, Christmas folk songs. What? There's been fiddles. There's been horns. 
there's been several horns. Did not um, know this about you. It's it's wild. And so this is I going to come to Christmas at your house this year. Yeah, I mean I, oh I'm not God. I haven't gone in 2 years and oh there's a God. reason for that. But uh <laughs> I will say that it's um Super, I, I, I love getting Von Trapped. Sorry, I should say. That's not what I, I don't want to state. I don't want to be mean. Um, but it's one of those parties where everyone has to be involved in a singular task and everyone is sitting in one room on top of each other. Yeah. Like there's no one smoking a cig outside, like, you know, texting their girlfriend that's fighting with them or something. Yeah. I mean, I would expect to see, especially in mall employees, or, or, some representation. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that too, like people in another room watching a Christmas special, mm-hmm. like all sitting around like so they don't have to talk to each other. Yeah. And yeah, like it is also it just even hit me right now. Like, I mean, I knew it, but at the same time, I was like, oh, do people who all work at the same mall, but not at the same stores hang out? I don't know. Like that was the thing is like I realized that like a lot of those people at that party were probably like oh, yeah. different people in the mall. No. Like, oh no. They were all different people in yeah. the mall. And like, that's, I mean, this movie is, is portrayed as if like, like the way that, um, Northern lights was with lunacy, Alaska. Like as far as the world is concerned, there is no life outside of this mall. <laughs> like these are the only friends you have. No one ever comes in. No one ever goes out. Like this is it. Like, did, did you ever work at a mall? No, uh, I wasn't allowed to. My mom thought it was trashy. I, yeah, I never worked at a mall. I, yeah, I never worked at a mall. And also thank God because the parking, I mean, like to me, that's like not, I mean, it's totally dissimilar, but it's not completely dissimilar from like having to work at an airport. It's just like such an ordeal to get to your job every day. Yeah. I mean, I worked at Disneyland, so I had to like ride a mon, I had to ride a monorail and like, or a car, you know, like the golf, not a golf cart, but whatever those like long tram, tram, tram. Yeah. 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 Um, so I want to ask you this too. Um, you called it white elephant. I call it Yankee swap. No one out here calls it white elephant. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of Yankee swap swap. is what we called it growing up. No, I've never heard of that. Maybe that's probably, I think it's just a Northeast thing or maybe an East coast thing, but it's Yankee swap where I'm from. Ooh, I like that. If anyone else out there does Yankee swap, let me know. Um, so Crystal sneaks out of the party because all the adults are ignoring her, which is also odd. She rides her bike to the mall, and I don't know why she had her bicycle with her. Like, did her mom, like, throw the bike <laughs> on the back of the car? Like, did her, was her mom like, you bike over later? Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to be staying over here tonight, so you better bring your bike to ride home. <laughs> Honey, I'm getting fucked. So bring your bike. Um, so she rides her bike to the mall and breaks into the back door with, with absolutely no problem. She just turns the knob. She's in whiskers all of a sudden looking for Grumpy. Outside, the band dudes are waiting to break in. They're wearing skeleton masks. Very dramatic. They're giving props to Cinnabon, which I feel like everyone gives props to Cinnabon. Like everyone, I feel like Cinnabon is like peak mall culture People love, like, I mean, in the 90s, it was like Orange Julius. Like, you better not make a mall joke unless Orange Julius is in the mix. Like, that was the food of the mall. Like, I would like to see more love go to um, the pretzel, the pretzel store, Auntie Annie's. Yeah, Yeah. I I think so, too. That's a great mall smell. Yeah, like, once Louis C.K. made a Cinnabon joke, like, I feel like you, that that was it. Cinnabon jumped the shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think here, but here it was kind of, quaint and sweet which was also weird too it's just like 
Again, I think it was more speaking to the character of the bass player than anything. Very wild. Very, very <laughs> wild. So um, George is in his office eating a sandwich, the break room, and he's watching the monitors. He's way too into his sandwich to realize that the mall is actively being burgled by two people and there's an underage squatter in the pet store. Um, the robbers bur- burst in the room. They tape up Roger. They unplug the security system and they threaten to mace him if he doesn't give up the keys. Um, and he gave the keys right up, which I was like, Mace, really? Like, yeah. That's, that's the best you got. You came here to like, you, you should have a gun with you. Now I'm not encouraging people to carry guns when they go rob places, but it's like, dude, if you're about to steal a million dollar dog, yeah. don't fuck around with some pepper spray. What are you doing? Well, I wonder, did they, I mean, they didn't bring anything to break into anything. No. I mean, they're wearing skinny jeans. Like, they're, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They were very underprepared. They were like, this will be a cakewalk. Did, did they like, do they have all their like jewel stealing stuff in the trunk? Like, no, I think they immediately, I think they well, immediately went off the jewels. Yeah. Once they saw the dog, million dollar dog came to town and they realized that K jewelers <laughs> is not where it's at. Yeah. Um, shout out to K jewelers. I'd love to work with you as a sponsor. Um, so grumpy tells, Crystal, she blew her wish. And if it was her, she would have asked for an unlimited supply of tuna. Cut to Grumpy in a fancy dining room being served several plates of tuna by two waiters. Um, the two robbers walk into the pet store. They are the worst robbers of all time. They're literally screaming. David Lee Roth, Gary Sharon, or Sammy Hagar? Oh, it's not even an argument. Sammy Hagar is clearly Van Halen's best lead singer. What? Gary Sharon blows that hack away. Most people don't even know who Gary Sharon is. How dare you minimize his contribution? Oh, he was the lead singer for one very forgettable album. That's a weird cat. You're weird. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there he is. There he is. Me, me, me. Wow. Freaky looking and a terrible guard dog. Oh, Ooh, time for a walk? Whoa, this is awesome. They are stealing the dog. I love these dudes. Okay, not only is Gary Sharon the better vocalist, but I'd bet my favorite amp he could totally beat Hagar in a comfy fight. Oh, I'd take that bet. Seriously? All, right, all we gotta do is get him in the same room. What were they arguing about? Movies? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. The, uh, best ba- uh, the best. Uh, in Sammy Hagar and <laughs> the. Uh, it's some Van Halen. Yes. <laughs> Which is like, weirdly, that's like the, another, like, again, with the Cinnabon thing, it's like, they're really low hanging fruit. Like, I feel like joking about who the best singer of Van Halen is, is like a common movie trope, but, but they threw it, they, they, they threw it for a loop because they threw in that third lead singer that nobody knows about. Like that was their like spin on the joke. About- I hate to say this. this is going to sound really mean and it's probably bad for my career to talk like this, but it's kind of like just old white straight guy writing. Yes. Very like much so. it's just like, Oh, I know the joke. This is where they're, this will be funny. They're going to go into the thing and they're, they're band guys. So they're going to talk about who's the best bassist or whatever. It's just like whatever, or the best yeah. singer, you know, it just was really it's like a very old straight white guy movie. Yeah. And I'm like, can you try? Yeah. Like, can you just look around you and try? <laughs> like, you don't have to, you know, just because the setup and the punchline is right there, it doesn't mean you have to do that one. You don't have to do it. You don't have to just grab. It's 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 that, again, we, we've, you've talked about it with your guests before on this podcast, but you're like, who, what is the life of somebody who writes these movies? And yes. what is their, what's their MO? How do they feel about this? Yeah. 
that needs to be, that's a documentary right there. Like the people who write for Lifetime. I mean, I'll tell you, I really wanted to write Lifetime movies. Like I really like specifically asked my agent, can I write, how do you write Lifetime movies? And he was like, no. And I was like, he's like, you're not doing that. Oh really? Like, I mean this, I mean, he probably would let me do it now, but like, I think that I was considered more of a hot property at one point. And I think that, so he was like, you need to do like something really cool next. Um, And he did not feel like Lifetime was cool. He thought it was all uncool. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we're approaching a space where Lifetime can kind of be its own fun thing. And it's not like in a weird way. I feel like this movie gets that kind of wrong in a sense. It's like, it's making fun of Lifetime movies but in kind of not in the ways that we like about them. Right, right. You know. I completely agree. So um, I wrote here, it's so painful to watch adults act in like children's movies, like literally the most painful thing. And I say that with like a lot of respect, but they're going for like that very, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about at the beginning, the very like improv-y, Parks and Rec office style vibe where it's like, Hey, are they like just improving? Like, this is so funny. Like, this is so off the cuff. Yeah. And like on a show like Parks and Rec, which was completely scripted, by the way, you get that vibe because the comedians are very, or the actors are very funny. No, um, this movie, it's surprising to me that Aubrey Plaza's in this movie and they couldn't get any other, like, like I think about my favorite comedians in LA. Like, why aren't they in this movie? Like, why aren't they, cla- like they should be in this movie making it better. Like in a way, like why maybe couldn't Aubrey then Plaza? Maybe they don't want to. That's true, but I just feel like if you had a couple really great like local comedians in this movie, budget would, issues, maybe. But it's just I feel like the those bit players, like again, not to knock their acting ability because I think they're just we're told to do something very specific. Yeah, but I just feel like you're right. Like they the these actors were allowed to go off the cuff, but they're not. You know, you need to write funny lines. You can't just. Like I desperately tried to figure out how much um, Aubrey Plaza got paid for this because I really, I mean, I really honestly, I can't help but wonder. um, Sean Clements is a, is funny and he's, he uh, got a special thanks in this movie. Sean Clements. Yeah. He's like a comedian guy. He's a comedy guy. He's a writer and producer. He does Workaholics, The Grinder, oh, yeah, Parks okay, and Rec. Okay. He worked on Parks and Rec. He probably came in. And when, he way. probably punched up some of my favorite bits. We're about to, we're, I feel like we're getting to one of my favorite bits pretty soon. Um, okay. So um, I'm, but I'm saying like, I think that she must have gotten like a million dollars for this. Wow. Because I mean, this has to be about the paycheck, right? Yeah, I mean, I I heard that like in post interviews, she's like very dismissive of it. Yes, she did say she said like I don't understand the movie, and I would only watch it if I was drunk. Yeah, like, and that was like you know, I mean, true. Yeah, Um, (laughs) but also like that's pretty gnarly for the for lifetime. Yeah, but again, who is this movie? Yeah, but like she also like, I mean. Aubrey Plaza doesn't need to have a relationship with Lifetime. Yeah. So it's like, I, that's why I wonder, why did she do this thing in the first place if not for an extraordinary, ungodly yeah, amount of right. money? Because she does spend a lot of time in this movie. I mean, it's it, a lot of voiceover work. Yeah, it is a lot of voiceover work, but it's still like, you'd almost imagine that this movie would, like if it wasn't a lot of money or if she would, like, 
yeah, it just feels like she did. It feels like she spent a lot of time on this movie at the same time because it's her personality like stamped all over it. Totally. Like it feels like it's her movie. Yeah, I think that she was attached and it was written after that. It was like Aubrey Plaza is interested in doing something with the Grumpy Cat property. Gotcha. Like we're going to pair you with this. Like then we're going to take this out to studios. Oh no, studios want it. Okay, let's say, I mean, this might be a better TV movie. Make it a kid thing. This would be really great like around Christmas time on NBC, for example. Like I really think that that was a journey. It wasn't couldn't compete with the Michael Buble Christmas specials. I wish that stuff was more accessible. Like these are the things that like you hear about. If you have IMDb Pro, could you find this stuff out? I mean, I don't think that, that I don't, I don't think IMDb that they Pro. follow the narrative of like the negotiations, sure, sure. which is like what I care about. Sure. Like I want to know, like what was the counter offer? Like what was the you know? Um, so. Um, Crystal saw the whole thing and she wants to get the guys um, because she's in the back of the pet store while these robbers are just like bumbling about. Um, And she wants to get the guys so the store will still be saved. Um, Grumpy Cat pops up on the screen and says to the audience, there's two ways this could have gone from here. The first version is the two of them biking to the police station, filing a report and the two guys getting busted. Then there's this version. Me and my sidekick who barely did anything were hailed as heroes. Thank God for me. But that would mean a pretty short movie and a lot less advertising revenue. So luckily, and through no persuasion on my part, it went like this. They left their keys. Put those back. They're going to need them. But if they steal JoJo, Whiskers will go out of business. Uh, Crystal realizes that the guys forgot their keys. Because they're idiots. They're dummies. So she tells Grumpy that she needs to save the dog without the pet store. uh, Because without the pet store, what will she do? So Grumpy totally disagrees because she's Grumpy. Um, And then Crystal points out to Grumpy that she will lose her home too. Yeah. And Grumpy's like, I don't care. Um, So Grumpy, this is like a great, this is great. (laughs) This was great. So Grumpy imagines herself being thrown out. Then she's put into a shelter. She's arrested, put into a shelter. Then we see a doctor say, don't worry, this isn't going to hurt. And then we reverse shot to see Grumpy Cat laying on a tiny hospital bed with her limbs tied down. And then they euthanize her. She's being fucking euthanized. And i like, damn, they go there. Like, yeah. who is this for? Like, is this... Because I, I mean, I have to tell you, I don't think there was anything more inappropriate I've ever seen in my life than up starting with an, a miscarriage. Sure. Like that really, I have to say, like that, I struggled with that. Like sure. I couldn't get on board with the movie there on because yeah. I was like, you're putting miscarriage in a goddamn Pixar movie? Like how many women who are taking their kids to see this movie are just sobbing uncontrollably and their kids don't know why. Like yeah. it's a really, like it's really dark. It was well, really kind of like almost crazy. Almost irresponsible in a way. Almost but, irresponsible, yeah. But but yeah, in I mean, in a weird way though, this is my favorite moment of the movie because I was just like, because they they constantly joke about that this movie would never kill Grumpy Cat, but it, I mean, but they do. I mean, they literally show Grumpy Cat a horrible puppet. They they, I mean, they, this is the full body puppet. But I like when they have the puppet where it's just her little paws in front of her, the little puppet paws. Yeah. But yeah, to like show Grumpy Cat actually in the process of being euthanized, you're like, holy crap! The puppet paws were my favorite. Yeah. I loved them just so the, like, much. The little, They're like, so cute. There, yeah. I could just see the person, <laughs> and you could basically almost see the person, like you just barely not in shot that was holding her yeah, up yeah. when she was wiggling. Like. Uh, I was like, do I see a small hand there? Like, what's? Do you think it was the owner doing it? Probably. Do you think the owner was the one doing Probably. the grumpy cat acting of like, 
shaking her around or yeah, yeah. or getting her to look or whatever yeah, yeah absolutely because like she does a lot of great facial reactions so um uh, the bros celebrate their win in the parking lot until they realize that they forgot their keys. Ugh. And then he remembers they're on top of the fish tank. When they get there, the keys are gone. Crystal and Grumpy have taken off with the keys and then you notice that Grumpy is gone. And then, so Crystal's wandering through Santa's village, right? Like yeah. trying to figure it yeah. out. Trying, She knows there's bad guys around. Very brave of her. And all of a sudden as she wanders through Santa's village, all the music and the lights turn on. Grumpy says, hmm, I wonder if they know we're not the only ones here. And then the bad dude says, cut to the pet store, we're not the only ones here. Um, uh, classic. Another classic, like, screenwriting joke device or whatever. whatever super joke. So super funny. Uh, so funny. And then so Crystal makes a break for it, but the guys see her with the cat and they follow her. Um, she goes into a bait and tackle shop, which I actually, I was kind of delighted by this set. I thought this was like a cool choice. I have to say, like, Changed it up. it's just like, what do you, when you think of malls, you don't necessarily think of bait and ta- tackle shops, but like shops, but in reality, like that's a s- scary store after dark. Like no. that's a scary store to be in. Yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. you know, there's, I mean, grumpy cat is, is, uh, and like absolutely obsessed with all the stuffed deer heads on the wall and stuff like that. But Crystal's pretty freaked out by them. But if you think about it in a bait and tackle shop, everything is meant to kill. It's sharp, maybe not humans, but it's meant to kill. Yeah. I mean, uh, they probably sell guns in that store. Mm-hmm. So, um, the guys follow her in grumpy gets her paw stuck on a little fish hook. That oh, that hurt eye. me so much. I can't believe they did that too. Yeah. Like that wasn't a joke. That was just like, how do we, that was just a, you know, a plot device or whatever to like get them to get noticed. But like, it was a very weirdly violent thing to do. Yeah. To, to so animal. she gets her little paw stuck oh. on the hook and then the whole thing falls down the whole crate of display of yeah, fish tackle, hook yeah, tackle. tackle. Is yeah. that what it is? Like they're little shiny fishes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like not the bait, but like, just the lures. That's yeah. what it's called. Clearly we both have was, been fishing. <laughs> I did think it was cute though, because I was like, she was like, oh, shiny thing. And I was like, that's exactly how cats think. That's like, true. That's that's, very... They want to touch that shiny thing right now. I just want my keys, yo. You know you have them, because you've been running from us, and that makes us point the finger at you. We're not going to hurt you. But only if you give them up now. Because later's gonna be too late. Yeah. It will be a lot madder then. This is when the guys are lecturing them and the um the guy who plays the bee, the the the, the bee guy in the bee story, the brunette, he says, um, will be a lot madder then. And like the way that he says this, if you guys go back and watch this movie, the actor's tongue is falling out of his <laughs> mouth for a sentence that if you think about it, then is like an entirely, it's an, a completely internal word. Like why is his tongue literally, it looks like um, in the mask when the tongue comes out of the mask like that. It was like, yeah. it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. So much tongue. So Crystal successfully hides from them by blending in with a bunch of mannequins. That's one of my favorite jokes ever. You love that? I love that kind of joke because it's so stupid. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I mean. Like, I want to know if that ever worked in real life ever. Movies make hiding look so much easier than it is. Yeah, there's there's either the, the hiding in plain sight kind of thing, pretending to be part of the scenery, or it's the like just hiding around a corner and then the person looks over the corner but doesn't look down or doesn't look up. 
like I, I kind of love the boldness of this gag. Yeah. And so to me, I like it's almost like a commendable gag to to still do it. I mean, no one did it better than ET. Yeah. No one ever. Oh yeah, will. you're right. Of course, when they're in the closet and everything. Mm-hmm. But it, and I and I appreciate again, like this gag was done endearingly. It wasn't like the moment that they walk away and it's like, Oh, like Grumpy Cat's not like, Oh, how did like humans are so stupid. They don't even recognize it. Like exactly. And that's when you start to think like, Oh, this is a kid's movie. Like yes. it's just this imbalance. It's like, didn't they almost kill that cat five minutes ago? And now we're watching this adorable girl pretend she's a fisherman mannequin. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so then the band dudes stumble across a tent where Grumpy has been hidden as a decoy. And while they do this, Crystal gears up and grabs a paint gun. She puts on all this gear. It's like kind of badass. So guys are about to beat up Grumpy, but Crystal stops them by paintballing them in the ass repeatedly. Getting hit with a paintball hurts. Yeah, doesn't it? I've been paintballing twice in my life. Once in high school and once with like my first job in LA because it was like a group living social thing or whatever. Uh, yeah, and I got hit with a paintball in the arm, and it hurt. Yeah, I've <laughs> that, heard that, it. That's hurts. my anecdote. About no, that's fine. Hit with a no, I mean I've never been hit by one, but I know. I mean, to me, it's just such a sadistic hobby. Like I'm like, why would anyone do that? Like everyone's like, dude, paintballing hurts. Like I've never heard anyone be like, I had so much fun paintballing today, I didn't get hurt once. Everyone's yeah. like, dude, but I got like, I got like, I ripped off half my face, and it's like, why would you do that then? There, there was a secret thrill. I mean, not a, a not so secret thrill. I think among all my coworkers, it was like a weird thing where we're all like, "Wow, that was kind of good." We all like let off steam. You know, you work in a in a small motion graphics company where there's like ten people, and yeah. like you're basically family at that point. So you just take an afternoon to go paintballing, and it actually kind of was like good for our working relationship for a while after that. I mean, think about it, especially if you're like sober or something, what in life is going to give you that dopamine rush? Mm. And I know sober people love laser tag. I know they love bowling. And I know that they love paintball. making sweeping generalizations. Oh. No, but I'm just saying like the, <laughs> but something like, but like, you know, like that is the kind of thing. Like I watch a show escaping polygamy and I'm like, I would never do drugs or alcohol ever in my life if I had as such a dopamine, like the dopamine slash adrenaline rush of like pulling a girl out of a bad polygamous community yeah. in the middle of the night. Like I would be like, I would just feel invincible. You like would I would do that all the time. Yeah, it would be like, I think that would be more powerful than crack for me. I mean, certainly it's more like an actual risk to your life or whatever in that sense (laughs) i love that yeah i mean i guess i guess maybe that is more dangerous than crack um i mean you're fleeing someone's house with a a human being like and a scary dude who's been controlling all these people i don't know so now we see grumpy is also working a paintball gun which was great (laughs) that's stupid my a fun goof that i saw which i always love the goof pages on yeah because it's like I just love that somebody took the time to like, no, but you actually see the paintballs don't go down in the, yeah. in the gun. Like, but, but Grumpy's paintball number count never changes. Like yeah. that's what they wrote. It's just like, well, duh. Cause it's a fake paintball gun yeah. that was built for a cat. And also has anything in this movie made sense up until now? <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> um, a bubble pops up, and yes, it's well. Grumpy Cat wearing a bowler hat, a plaid vest, and a monocle. So sorry to interrupt. We may be taking some creative license with what actually happened here. Get out of here, British Grumpy Cat! Oh, oh. Stop, 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 stop. 
Oh, real grumpy, don't be absurd. They don't even make paintball guns for cats. Drop department, Stu! Die, bad guys! Bad guys! I overstayed my welcome, obviously. Toodles, I'll be in your head. And I'm like, my only question I had after this is like, how much meowing did Aubrey Plaza do? Like, did she just do a day of meows? Like a full day of just like, meow, meow. Like now we need a meow. crazy meow. Like, meow. yeah, exactly. I, I had a question about this because um, for somebody who does have a cat podcast, I don't necessarily, I, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily abreast at, at the, the day in and day out of meme cats or fame or the most famous Instagram cats or all that stuff is British grumpy cat a thing already? Like there's moments like this where I'm like, is this a whole grumpy cat universe that they've already, de- that this m- person has developed or did they just need these kind of asides for this movie? And so they invented the British grumpy cat and then later the safari grumpy cat and like all this other stuff. I'm not seeing any, any images or, uh, no, I Refin- think that they because th- that's the thing where I'm like when when again we're talking about who's this movie for, is it are is this movie for grumpy cat fans? I mean, th- I think they tried to win them all, and you can't <laughs> please everyone, and that's really a, a lesson that I've learned through this is you can't please everyone, no. uh, in 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 any way in life. Um, so, oh. Crystal has scared these psych two guys to the point that they've lost track of Jojo, who we can see leaving through the back door. He also shoots himself. Oh, the guy shoots himself in the foot with a bow and arrow. Very home alone. Calls himself Kurt Cobain. Very home alone. Exactly. So Crystal escapes the shop and throws the guy's keys in the wishing well. Yeah. Um, then we cut to commercial break. And one thing that was interesting about this is I rented it on iTunes and I love when you can see the commercial breaks like and, and see that they were, this movie was written to have commercial breaks yes, yeah. in, a, in a specific way that we don't always see. Like this when we watch when I watch these Lifetime movies, when I buy them on iTunes, like it doesn't fade to black and then come back up like the commercial breaks aren't in there. It just goes through. Yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it's very like, I'm like, is this an episode of Law and Order? Like, why are we cutting to commercial? Yeah. And very much again, like again, like in that, what really sells it as a sketch show. Absolutely. Cause then we come back up and Grumpy's at a typewriter. Terrible movie she wrote by Grumpy Fat. Ah, crap. Damn it. Never mind. I, I do like the joke about where she accidentally missed like again a joke about mistyping on a tie like do kid like do, i mean people even ask me like i'm i'm turning 30 next year and so people are like do you even know what a typewriter is you know yeah like that sort of thing like do kids like do like are they even going to get the joke of the idea that like oh you're going to make a mistake on it like grumpy fat yeah I, I actually do like her acting there she's like oh shoot like yeah I, she did cute she did a cute job. I actually was impressed with how many, I don't think of her as someone who could like do accents or something. Like yeah. she seems like very, oh God, it just, this is, it sounds mean, but like, because you only see her play the same type of character sure, yeah. very often, you really only assume her range is like grumpy cat to the character she played in Mike and Dave need wedding dates or whatever. Yeah. Like, which was like, girl like i think her character was supposed to be half black in that movie oh really yeah it was interesting um so then the rent guy is walking through the mall and he hears the dog panting um the dog jumps up on him kisses him the guy realizes that it's jojo the expensive dog right yeah 
So the robbers tackle the rent guy and Jojo runs off. Um, They hold him down. They ask him where the car keys are. Obviously, he doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, The band guys beat him up because he won't give up the info. And then they threaten him by holding him over the railing on the second floor, which is the other thing that they always do in movies when there's like prominent malls. Like there's like, it's not like eight movies where someone like dangles. How else? I mean, what other environment are you going to have where you have a big wide open railing. A very will, obvious, easy way to hurt yeah, someone. Yeah. I will say as a kid, I did get my head stuck in one of those. You did? At the mall. Yeah. I was like three. What did they do? I think I just, I think my Figured dad just, out. my dad just like calmed me down and then like, I just like slid my head the right way out of the, very embarrassing. Uh, um, so well, that's good. I, I, but I'm not traumatized by it. I can still go to malls. You could still go to malls. Not that those malls, but these malls, that's what's weird about this movie is like 2014, it came out, right? Yeah. 2014. I feel like, I mean, I guess maybe we're just privileged being in, in Los Angeles, Southern California, where all the malls are now turning into the Grove and the Americana style. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Like even in Orange County now, a lot of the malls are being torn down and being rebuilt as this more outdoorsy sort of thing. This is close to like a Koreatown mall. Yeah. Um, I would say though that I, this was very, it, it was, it was reminiscent of my high school mall, like the Burlington mall, when I went there now, I guess it's fancier. They have ballet and shit. Like they have the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But, um, for most of my childhood, my mall was like basically this exact layout. No, no. Yeah. As a kid, this, these were my Bray, shout out to Bray mall, shout out to orange mall, like Santa Ana mall, Westminster mall. There's a lot of malls in Orange <laughs> County. Dude, uh, there's someone that was like Santa Ana mall. Like yeah. someone is dying. So, Okay, so then Crystal finds George, who's still, or, yeah, George, who's still tied up. Missed opportunity for him to be doing something funny when she came in the room, by the way. Like, he was just Mm. sitting there, and I was like, wouldn't this, like, big, fat, clumsy guy have, like, I mean, I guess the tip (gasps) that, like, he would have done, that he's in on it, but... Anyway. Well, I was going to say, the joke is maybe he's on the floor trying to get back to a sandwich. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Like, I wanted I wanted that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. Missed opportunity here. So, um, yeah, Crystal tells him that there's guys there. Um, oh, no, no, no. Oh, um, Crystal unties him. She start, he starts to tell her this really long-winded story. And I thought this guy's bit was that he hits on everyone. But now it's that he's incredibly long-winded. Yeah. Like, it just is like the story he told went on forever. So JoJo struts into the security office. Crystal tells him that the guys are after the dog because he's worth a lot of money and they need to call the police. George is like, nope, can't, no phones, and they took my cell phone. So he tells her that he's going to escort her to her bike so she can report them to the cops and he'll stay there and watch the dog. Uh, and then I wrote in my notes, "Uh oh, is George going to steal the dog? Like it really didn't occur to me. So the I, did, rent- I didn't. Yeah. If, why would you, why would you not trust George? I thought George was going to aid this young girl in her. Yeah. I thought he quest. was going to be the lovable buffoon. Yes, exactly. So the rent guy is still being hung off the balcony. It must be like 20 minutes later. I mean, yeah. literally like she's untied a man. A dog has come in. Yeah. He's explained the story to her. And this guy's still dangling. I, I don't know how he didn't choke on his own spit. Guys, I swear, I don't have anything to do with shooting you. And frankly, I want you to steal that dog. No, seriously. My company wants to get rid of that pet shop and put a little chicken in there. I love those sweet chicken nuggets. See? So it's a win-win. I'll look the other way. I never saw anything. You guys were never here. Donnie, can I have a word? 
He sounds pretty convincing. I'm starting to think maybe he's telling the truth. Because I am telling the truth. You shut up. It's cool, I'm sorry. I just say. I think you might be right. Hell yeah, I'm right. Why do you think I'm right? I just realized if he was the one shooting us with paintballs, wouldn't he have paint residue on his hands? No residue. I'm clean. You're like a one-man CSI team. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Donnie and I talked. It looks like this whole thing's been a big misunderstanding. Hey, no hard feelings. Are you sure? Because I did punch you in the face, and I threatened to throw you over the railing. I was already forgotten. <sighs> I feel guilty. Don't. Honest mistake. You're awesome. You are awesome. We should totally kick it sometime. What are you into? Oh, frisbee golf. Zach, do you want to wrap it up? If he's not the guy, that means there's another guy. Where's the dog? I thought you had him. Do I have to do everything? Oh, like lose the keys? Just go get the dog. What are we going to do about him? As much as we'd like to let you go, we can't. They're, so they're arguing about they decide to keep the rent guy. They're going to they're gonna keep him around. So we come back from commercial. Grumpy Cat does a bit about how some people achieve greatness and some people watch Christmas movies about cats. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, that was my exact reaction. It was like, they do okay. not shy away from making fun of the audience. Like, Aubrey Plaza will sass you. Yeah. Like, she just wants you to know you're going to get sassed. Sorry. Uh, George asked Crystal why she came to the mall. She reluctantly admits that she came to the mall to talk to the cat. Her life is really shitty. Her dad left her mom for a barista. And then I wrote my notes. Is a barista a step up or a step down from a Ruby Tuesdays waitress? Yeah, I don't know what the hit on the barista. Was that just like a weird millennial joke? I think it just was like, what's a funny job? Barista. Like, that's yeah. very white guy. Like, Marie, oh, barista. You're totally right. It is you know totally like I mean? a white dude thinking about like what would be, yeah, like a, just like an easy. But the thing is, it's also like, oh, like some barista. Like, it's almost like she's talking down about who she is. And at the same time, I'm like, your mom is a waitress at Ruby Tuesdays. Like, you are a working class family. Like, why are you judging this woman for working at Starbucks? Like, yeah. there's probably plenty of things that are wrong with her. One of which is that, you know, your dad's fucking her. But, the, I mean, the fact that she works at yeah. Starbucks, I mean, this is a movie about mall employees. That's a good point. Wrong career choice. Yeah. Wrong career choice. Yeah, who would, who would, who would actually be... I mean, it would have to be like a meth head or something. Like, Lecture for some like interior designer or someone like that has like another. <laughs> oh, you mean like bumping up, like yeah, hating like, the like, like pretentiousness or something. Yeah, like it has. She has to either be pretentious or she has to be like, what is what's low? Like he left her for some stripper. Okay, stripper yeah. maybe. Yeah, not to be sex negative, but I think most of Middle America would consider a stripper a less desirable profession yeah. than Ruby Tuesday's waitress. We're th yeah, we're thinking about the internal, like the internal logic of their joke. <laughs> so, I mean, I could just go on this for hours. Yeah. I'll stay until we find the perfect profession. <laughs> so, um, she says that the last time her dad called, he said they were thinking about getting married and starting a family. And she said that connecting with Grumpy has made her feel a lot better. Aww. So Crystal is about to take off to the police station when Georgia asks, uh, 5312 to 5416. So we know now George is a huge dick. I wrote, oh shit, George. George is a huge dick. And I wrote, I have to say that this is pretty par for the course with Lifetime movies in terms of just like a man threatening a woman. Yeah. But... For a kid's movie, it's really scary to watch an older man threaten a girl who's like 12. 
Yeah. Like, it was different with Home Alone. It just is. I wrote. There's something predatory about it. There is everything is predatory about it. Home Alone worked because like with a boy, it's like it's guy on guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it it even did get a little bit weird. I don't know if you saw Home Alone three, but there was a female villain in that, oh, and no. it and that got weird for me too because I was like, lady, how do you not have more of a maternal nature? Like why are you why are you like fucking housing this little boy like i don't understand oh, wow. what's going on it was weird so i just felt like this was predatory and kind of gross and well, the inappropriate he, to show in a movie yeah the way he's like we're not going to the police crystal and you're just like oh fuck yeah so george uh calls the robber dudes and they're all like hey boss what's up and so i wrote like damn this goes deep like you just realize this is like a fucking scheme yeah um and they tell him that it's all going well um and george says they're obviously lying because he can't be both on his cell phone and taped to a chair another like classic like boss is mad at the buffoon villain the buffoon uh henchman kind of moment where like the henchmen act casual and don't get the seriousness of the situation I feel absolutely like that's like a very kids movie kind of gag i feel like well see this nice little 12 year old girl untied me well that was cool of her the same girl who took your keys that's impossible the guy who stole our keys was probably an ex-Navy SEAL or something. Shot me in the butt. You should have seen the way he handled a paintball gun. It was a child, you idiot! Yes, so George crashes into the guys in his little scooter <laughs> thing. Boxes fly everywhere. George tells them that based on how many times he's caught them stealing here and everything that happened tonight, they are probably not cut out for a life of crime. George asks them why they went for the dog, and he's like, we don't need a lot of money, just enough for a down payment on the houseboat for when I retire next month. Interesting. The guys agree to stop um, to go stop Crystal. We go back to the Christmas party. Robert is giving out some sort of prize to the people from the taco restaurant. I don't know what it is. It's like best friend award or something. Yeah. The oh, taco Alejandro. Guys, that's, was, that's what his name is. He, Alejandro. He stands up to make a speech. Alejandro Rodriguez! Congratulations, Big A. I know you had it in you. Speech! Thank you, JC. Thank you, Academy. And thank you, Family. <laughs> You know, life is like a soft taco. If you dig inside, I mean the lettuce, the protein of your choice, and the salsa added to your specification of mild, medium, or caliente, you find the strength to stand tall and triumph in the face of adversity. Meow, yo quiero taco guy. Back off, Familia. He's mine. What an odd moment that was. And, like, why is that grumpy cat suddenly, like, I don't know. Like, she was kind of into him. Like, I think that yeah. grumpy cat hates tacos and hates speeches. It it was also, I don't know. It just felt vaguely, I don't want to say racist. That feels very strong thing right. to say. But it just, I, the the making the yo quiero taco bell, like, even I have to do it in the accent because that's how the joke was originally done. But, like, it's just, like yeah it's like where is this coming from yeah it was it was strange and i was like did they have to is she saying like oh like good for is she having a moment because grumpy cat is sensitive to the migrant worker to the independent (gasps) businessman moving to america starting his own successful taco business and winning an award for it 
Or is she just saying like, oh, cutie, because that was low-key super racist? Yeah, because is the joke that it's like, oh, the guy who sells the like tacos at your local mall is actually an eloquent, like sensitive, emotional person who is capable of telling an inspiring sort of moment. And is that like... And also it was like his... He he drew reference. Well, first of all, he acknowledged his family, and then he said, uh, "Then he said basically his whole speech was references to like different parts of the taco. Like he's like, and you, you are the shell, and like, and you, and it's like he knows stuff that's not tacos. Like he yeah. knows metaphors outside. They have boats in in Mexico. They have all sorts of things that you could say, and you." Are, are the sale and you are the anchor. And like, I mean, if you, it, but it doesn't have to be a taco metaphor. Well, yeah. And I'd argue that anybody who works a job like that at the mall does, is not as, is not that invested in their job that it's their life like that. I think he's the owner. Oh, you think he's the owner? I think he's an owner. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. That's why I think Grumpy Cat respects him because she's like, you came to America and you fucking did it, dude. <laughs> You're living the goddamn dream. Uh, um, that, that, that I, I, is it racist to say migrant worker? I don't know. All right. Well, we're we're leaving it in. Cut it. Leave it in. Um. So <laughs> we just. Well, I'll look it up later and find out. Um. So <laughs> I'll tell you. Um. Back at the Christmas party. Blah blah blah. It's a very odd moment. Crystal's mom is looking at a fake Yule log, and Robert and her do a cute little bit about their sweaters. He tell uh, tells her that his backup plan was to show off his electric log. Nice log. Um. And he tells her it's actually a, a nostalgia machine. Um, it brings back simpler time. Um, first of all, I'm gonna, I have two things. One, in Christmas movies, people are always looking to go back to a simpler time. Always looking to go back to a simpler time. Two, nostalgia machine made me feel like nostalgia, the word itself, was very buzzy in like 2012, 2013. It yeah. seemed like the mainstream media had finally put their thumb on what exactly it was that hipsters were clinging to. Sure. And that irony was not irony. It was, in fact, a deep sense of nostalgia. Mm. Um, yeah. But so I, I thought that was like another like, Oh, is this like a guy trying, like an old white guy, like trying oh, to, like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's a m- nostalgia machine. And it's like, first, like, what is this? It was a waste of dialogue. It was a weird, like, waste of dialogue. And it doesn't really go anywhere. and No, it goes absolutely nowhere. I, I will say we are, we are sitting by a fire right now and a Christmas tree. Uh, so this feels nostalgia machine. Yeah. Welcome I mean, to my nostalgia machine, honey. I'm wearing my like semi Christmassy sweater today. Mid century like, modern. Speaking of nostalgia, I'm wearing the pajamas. I, I went to bed in last night. Hell yeah. I'm nostalgic for sleep sleeping <laughs> last night. This welcome to my nostalgia machine. So, um, she's like, thanks for inviting us. Crystal really needed to get out. The divorce has made her more introverted. And it's like, Bitch, have you even... Do you even know your daughter? You have not You have not looked for Crystal at one point during this night. You have not known... Your daughter has been gone for hours. She's been... She... she. That's what's weird, too. It's like, I don't feel... She, I don't... She seems like somebody who... Like, Crystal seems pretty self-sufficient. Right. So I don't see why, Like how she would be worried for her... I mean, cl- I mean, clearly she's not. Some people are just introverted. She yeah. needs to accept that about her. Maybe accept the fact that she's so fucking tuned out of her daughter that three men have already approached her in a very predatory way and threatened her life. 
um, in the loop since she's been handing out fake awards to the taco guy. And we're, it's still going to be a while before she even knows. And she oh, doesn't even notice. Like, the, no. We'll get to it. No, she has no idea. So back at the mall, Crystal has the dog and the cat. She sees George and the guys. They come for her. Then we go to commercial break. Are you still on the edge of your seat? Is the dramatic tension too thick? Are you still here? You are? Why? Whatever. Back to the story. Boom, 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 Oh, Grumpy Cat is singing suspenseful music. Like, I like it's that. the dun, like the Western music. Like, dun, 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 yeah, is that yeah. it? Is that yeah, the they, scene where she does? Oh no, this is like the dun dun. dun. Bum, 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 yes, like yes, the, yes, yes, yes. It's like scary movie music. And I, by the way, great music cues in this movie. Throughout I think the music budget seemed pretty good. The like, music budget was good, and they also just did a good job of like really amping up like the moments that were supposed to feel intense. Like you know that must have looked so lame without music. <laughs> oh my god, the dailies on this movie must have been in. I mean, if oh. I if I was the exec on this and I didn't have like the bigger if I didn't have like the creative vision because you know some I don't know allegedly some people don't have that I would be terrified watching this come in without the music cues you know yeah. what I mean because um, they definitely like the the sound editing on this was a feat in and of itself so um, in the pet store the two bad guys are are basically physically wrestling Crystal and trying to pull the dog away from her. Crystal pleads with George to stop this. He's fucking Mr. Crabtree over. He tells him that Mr. Crabtree is going to pay him a lot of money for the dog. And then he goes on about how he's a criminal mastermind and he's lulled everyone into a false sense of security. And he would ride his scooter around the mall pretending to mind the law. But deep down, all he was doing was thinking of breaking it. It was really <laughs> nuts. It was nuts. Like, I'm like, dude, you don't need She's a little girl. Like, just tell her to shut up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, he definitely, I mean, the monologuing sort of thing was. I mean, was, I guess we got to explain motive at some point, but yeah. it's very odd that he's chosen to like air full details to this little girl. I mean, he's a very lonely, lonely guy. It comes with the territory. Absolutely. So Crystal tells the guys that she forgot where she put the keys. George knows she's lying. Uh, he talks with her one-on-one and he says that if she doesn't, doesn't give him the keys, somebody's going to get hurt. You tell me where those keys are. Or somebody is going to get hurt. You wouldn't really hurt a little girl, would you? What do I look like? A nut job? I'm greedy. I'm not evil. Which I think is important to point out are two completely different things. One is the foundation of our economic system. And the other, uh, you know, it's just bad. Okay. Not really following you, but... I'm not going to hurt you, Crystal. I will, however, hurt the cat. Whoa, what? Me cat? Don't! Now, what was it you said about the cat being your best friend? So sweet. I'm very, very, very thrilled that they explained that this man is not going to hurt the girl. This is where he was like, I'm not... I'm I'm greedy. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not evil. And I said, this was very extra for me in a Lifetime movie, yes. Like, a kid's movie with the talking cat, no. Like, that Mm. lingering threat of physical violence really made me uncomfortable. I don't know why. I mean, I know why, but, like, I can handle shit in life. And I guess with these Lifetime movies, I feel like I, because I'm watching them with such a critical eye... (laughs) Um, I'm extra, I'm sensitive to it in the way that I feel like people who are 
generally very sensitive about like sexual assault and stuff like that feel whenever a joke like that is made that they're like whoa this is like that's this brings up some shit for me like you gotta calm down dude and like clarify you're not gonna hurt this child yeah Um, because it's like like you're saying it's the context for which this is happening and it's like they're setting rules you know and so in a weird way this movie was like for us, it was throwing us off balance and we didn't know what the rules were anymore. So it was I kind mean, of nice. What were the rules? They made themselves. Yeah, it was kind of nice that they asserted, even though his speech was very like libertarian or something like. Yes, you know, it was. Like, it was like, it's capitalism, baby. Like yeah. I was like, whoa, okay. Um, chill. Like also like you're a mall security guard. Like you're not really the person I'm going to listen to about business advice. Um, yeah. But um yeah, I just can't deal with like a pedophile or otherwise emotionally or mentally ill broken person interacting with the 12 year old girl because that's the worst age to be anyway. Yeah. Like 12 is really rough. Uh, 12, yeah, 12 is like, I don't think anybody has any good memories of junior high school. No, like I would say like seventh grade was the worst for me. And I feel Ooh. like I came alive in eighth grade a little bit. Okay. But like, you know, sixth grade, I was. I felt I was too naive to know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like sixth grade, I was still kind of innocent. But yeah, seventh and eighth grade was Seventh, you know the stakes. Yeah. And then by eighth grade, you're like, hey, we're the oldest. Like, we get it now. Yeah, And we're going to high school soon. Like, second semester of eighth grade was great for me. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I actually was kind of popular. Oh, really? Yeah, and I remember I was going to a private school for a freshman year, and I was like, fuck, of course. Like, right when I start to get popular, (laughs) like, I have to go to a, yeah. You're like, I have to start over again. I was kind of, kind of rocking the popular scene for the, for one time in my life. He says that she has 20 minutes to tell him where the keys are, or he's going to put the cat in the trash compactor. She gives, they're in the well. Look, I never thought I was in danger, okay? It's my movie, after all, and I'm sure the Lifetime executives are already thinking sequel, like Grumpy's Worst Vacation Ever, Meowie style. Anyway, since you're still watching this for some reason, um, I thought now would be a perfect time to see if you were interested in my new product line, like Grumpy Cat Golf Balls, or the Grumpy Cat Dartboard, and for the ladies, a surefire hit, Grumpy Underwear. To see what else is new this season, please visit www.grumpycats.com and please be grumpy when you do it. Grumpy people only. Grumpy tells us that this is where this ends. Um, in the evil triumph over good, there's a montage style, like a silent movie of Crabtree, uh, Crabtree crying and George talking to him on the phone with a napkin covering his mouth. This is kind of like a funny little device that they did. Um, I mean, but again, a, time. a silent movie. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, the guys get their tour bus. George retires on a boat. Crabtree loses shop. So we cut to commercial. Come back on the commercial. The pet store, um, on the closed pet store, Crystal's inside crying. Grumpy Cat narrates that she's lost her faith in people once again. Her faith in humanity is shaken. Um, despite Grumpy Cat being grumpy, she decides that she's going to give her a motivational speech. Yeah. A very, very long motivational speech. We'll play all of it for you. Are you crying, Crystal? No, I'm allergic to cats. What do you think? Okay, I'm going to let that one go. Come on, Crystal. Just talk to me. Why? What's talk going to do? I can't change anything, especially people. I try to make friends, Grumpy. I try to see the good in everyone. Stupidly even thought that George was my friend. Nope, never was. See? I just feel like my life will always be a disappointment. 
I know what that's like, okay? Trust me. Having been bought and returned a couple times, I get it. Can I trade her for a fish? Fish? It makes you feel like there's no love in the world. It makes you feel, well, grumpy. But you're different, Crystal. You're full of love. Oh, I couldn't love him. Nobody gives it back. That's how we feel, too. Every day, people walk in here to coo over the puppies and the rabbits and the Jojos and ignore us. True that! Spot on, Dumpy! Gracious, sister! Freedom! So you know what? Contrary to that sign on the door, we're not pets. I mean, until someone takes us home and cares for us and loves us, we're just animals. Yeah, we'll Just animals. And reptiles. And as far as I can tell, humans are no different. You're actually making me sadder. Okay, well, it's your low point. Deal with it. But what I'm trying to say is, you are loved. Your mom loves you. Look at her. She loves you. Taco guy loves you. That guy loves you. Who is that guy? Even your dad loves you. Why? Because you're the amazing you. And that is why I've decided to adopt you. That's right. You're now on Team Grumpy, whether you like it or not. In fact, from this moment on, you're all on Team Grumpy. Something else. And this team is going to win. Wearing grumpy t-shirts and grumpy baseball caps and grumpy glow-in-the-dark buttons, am I right? Ooh! Team Grumpy sucks! I didn't want your swag. Shame on you, Grumpy. Shut up. Every team needs a sponsor. Come on. That was entirely too long. It just... Because it, it was a thing where it's like, again, we're this we're talking about this movie like living between worlds, where it's like it wanted to be genuinely inspiring, but also like had to be kind of ironically distant from it. But it like kept kind of circling back on itself. I mean, they could have cut two pages. Like, yeah. I mean, really, I think that this was like a time. This was a time. Uh, well or something yeah they were just like we're gonna stick this here um but i thought even for like the emotional low point for like the star of the movie um where they have to like recharge and come back yeah we're, too we're, long. we're all grumpy yeah so grumpy cats lets all the other animals out of their crates and this is some great puppet paws because like when <laughs> grumpy cat is letting all like, little Rawr. animals out Rawr. it's just so fucking cute you guys i don't even know how to explain it like i'm obviously so jaded i've but like there's something so fucking delightful about puppets there's just yeah just like again now i'm just imagining like i'm totally mimicking right now sorry podcast listeners but like just like the little like pause of like you know just yeah like, there's like you can see that i mean i'm looking at wags right now like if you're if you're watching this oh. with a pet or if you get home tonight go look at your dog or your cat's feet it's fucking cute man <laughs> like it's so cute um so uh i really liked that so yeah. george talks to his mom on the phone he's like mom i don't need you to pick me up anymore because i'm getting a ride from a friend um <laughs> His classic. mom is like, does your friend like pot roast? And he's like, I like pot roast. And he's like, but what about your friend? And he's like, I'll ask my friend if she likes pot, if he likes pot roast. And I like loved it because that was such a, I'll ask him if he likes pot roast. That was really, that was really, really funny to me because it was a button they didn't need to do about the mom. Yeah. And it was also just a strange it was just fun. It's just so true. Yeah. Like that is, I have, I have so many friends. That's not my mom. Cause my mom is like always on some strange diet, but, um, she'd be mad at me if she heard that, but whatever. Um, but she, 
it, like that is, I have so many friends whose moms are like, does Molly like chicken? And then they're like, you like chicken, right? Yeah, she likes chicken. Like, it's just like, I have witnessed that exact conversation. So ask your friend if that's what they like to eat. It's so funny. No, very, very, definitely the same group with very many friends who had sweet moms that just were like, so just wanted to make sure that they got it right. Exactly, exactly. Um, I drove to two stores because they didn't have Diet Coke. <sighs> you're like, no. Uh, yeah, and you're like, oh my God, kill me. Like, Doris, why'd you put yourself out like that, baby? <laughs> uh, so the puppy Jack from the stores found George and he goes straight for the crotch. Uh, and the dog's I mean, just dangling. You can't, you can't do this movie without a nice crotch bite. Um, and yeah. then right when he gets up, Crystal hits him in the nose with the pooper scooper. And I'm like... Okay, this is a kids movie. We just did a crotch grab out of all the items and all of the. the he thing. also had the. Uh, he also had the funny underwear. Yes, funny underwear, absolutely. With the hearts oh, and, and everything is so funny. Underwear <laughs> so funny. Like how, when you see someone's underwear, it's so funny. Like <laughs> how embarrassing. Um, do you remember that when you were a kid? Like the thought of wearing underwear or someone seeing your underwear was like mortifying yeah no it's just like i'm not like eager for someone to see my underwear but like you've come over like eight times my bra is just on the couch and i'm like hey like i don't care like i don't what do i care we're all adults we all we all wear underwear what what is sexy about a a nude bra nothing all that steven knows is that i have an option to wear under white tops that's all (laughs) steven knows about me there's nothing intimate or embarrassing about it um so Oh, Crystal spots his Blackberry on the floor. And I loved that it was a Blackberry because I've been so nostalgic. Speaking of nostalgia, yeah, I've been right? so nostalgic for my Blackberry lately. Um, back at the holiday party, everyone is playing kazoos. Um, Oof, yeah, another like annoying modern Christmas. Like, It's like, what are you like? The, you this is the worst Christmas party doing? ever. Like, get a life. <laughs> like, you fucking like. No one's brought out the coke yet. Nobody's like, drunk enough. Nobody's yeah. Nobody's wasted enough. Like for this party. Exactly. Like someone taco guy needs to be rolling jays on the kitchen table. There needs to be some sleazy girl that's kind of showed up who knows one of the GameStop employees. Like, there needs to be some more action at this she, party. But instead... She works at the Claire's, like... Absolutely. Ugh. The skank who works at Claire's is crucial for this film. So, um, they're all playing kazoo's. Mom and Robert have a moment. He's just about to kiss her and her phone rings. Crystal tells her uh, she's at the mall. She needs help, blah, blah, blah. The mom's pissed, but, like, why? Because she has... Like, not noticed her daughter's gone for four hours. Like She's mad at herself. You she's know? mad at herself. Exactly right. So Crystal picks up Grumpy Cat and puts her in uh, George's scooter and drives off. The band guys are fishing for change in the wishing well, and they give George the keys. George says he's calling the Crabtree. He's calling Crabtree tomorrow. He wants to know if he can handle the exchanges because he wants to get dropped off. At, um, if they can handle the exchange because yeah. he wants to get dropped off at the airport. He's leaving tonight. So Crystal is seemingly aimlessly driving around the mall looking for the guys, but then she, was she it just me? misses them. Was it me or was like all the shots of her on the scooter? They look like sped up. Yes. They look like the, like the, like the kind of like in old James Bond movies or old action movies where it's like clearly the cars crash at like five miles per hour. So they do the like, you know, like yes. speed up. It like, yes. like, is she, like was this actor 
like, I don't know how old she was when she made the movie. Is it something like where, like, did they have to pay her for stunt or did they actually get a I know that I know that you get a bonus when you do stuff like that. I think there's certain things under SAG that if you do that, you get a bonus. Like, I know that, I think that you get a bonus when there's a smoke machine on set. And that's why budget can, budget can hurt for that sometimes. Um, It just, it just was very obvious to me that the editor had to like, crank the speed on those shots up to like 115 or like 125 in order right. to like to just because like was she just like going like you know and I wonder if that's what made it seem aimless because it really did seem like I'm just like is she just scooting around the mall like <laughs> she, she, she took just, a little joyrider around yeah, the mall she's before. like mom while I'm here fighting crime yeah. um so one of those mall raffle cars lights up behind her and the engine roars grumpy's in the driver's seat <laughs> Um, it's a whole bit where Crystal's like, cats can't drive. And she's like, watch me. And then Crystal's like, you have no feet. And the car stops short. And Grumpy's like, okay, that never happened. Another time waster. So we go to, uh, let's do the audio from 114.50 to 115.17. Aubrey Plaza's delivery of, it's like riding a bike, except everything's different, actually made me laugh. <laughs> like when she's, that was actually... That, that was a solid comedy acting Because, I, yeah, I don't really normally like the talking under the... I don't like the bait and switch, talking under the voice sort of, like, thing. I don't like that normally, but th- that made me really laugh um, for some reason. Um, and I'll, I think also, like, a cat having a, a superior knowledge of operating a vehicle than a child <laughs> was funny to me as okay, well. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that, yeah. Um, uh, so, okay. The, the, the door, the door, the door, them where like, she's like racing through the mall and then, you know, it's like, they're about to like, you like, I generally did kind of think that they were actually going to smash through the glass. Of course you did. Right. So like, it's like, they see the doors and they're like, she's going to smash through the glass doors. Instead, she gets out of the car and she opens them up and Grumpy Cat's like, yeah, we didn't have the budget to smash those doors. Um, Crystal chases them around the parking lot. It's similar to the boat chase and the end of his secret family where it's just like large. Yeah, loops. I was very bored during the, like they're just like doing donuts in the parking lot. I'm thinking lot. of the villains like, dude, take a left. Like yeah. that'll get that'll get you right out of this. Itch. I mean, it's it's, you know, sometimes certain malls, they have the weirdest parking lots where it's like. You, you know, you're like, I'm going to go down one more lane to park. And then you're like, oh, wait, I can't turn left back out on the street. I don't think they were following <laughs> the arrow, Stephen. I don't think they're like, well, I'm here stealing a million dollar dog uh, with a weird elderly man that's retiring extremely early or he's fully like 75. Um, I'm going to follow these arrows. Plus, they're idiots. Yeah. Um, sorry, that and was cl- mean. In, in their clown car. So the mom and Robert get to the mall just as they're leaving the lot. In that um, cool, like, Jeep station wagon thing. I actually, did you notice it too? Yeah, I, I was, was like, like, that's a hot car. And I like the wood paneling on yeah. it. I was like, that's a hot car. Wait, was that her car or was that where was, that was, was uh, the his. elf's car? I think oh. it was the elf's. All right, I guess he's kind of cool. Yeah, he's kind of cool. So, um... She sees Crystal driving, and I don't know if this was on purpose. At the time when I wrote this, I didn't know if it was on purpose. But the actress takes a step before they cut, and it looks like she's planning on chasing after her on foot. Um, And I'm like, well, wait, your your daughter is driving a car. Wouldn't you want to get in the car and not try to chase her on foot? Um, So I didn't notice that. They're in a standoff now in their cars. The parents run up. So uh, the mom and Robert run up. And yes, they did run there on foot. Uh, Crystal and the guys play chicken with the cars. The guys swerve past uh, 
Grumpy and Crystal thinking that they're going to get away, but wind up crashing into a little wooden parking stand. There's a great joke about that. Great joke about that. I appreciated that, that they did that joke. Like, I, th- I don't think the joke would have been as funny to me if they had just done one or the other. I think having the moment where they don't hit the glass and then being like, see, we actually did do something. Like, I appreciated that, that follow through. Exactly. So Crystal's still driving. She almost crashes into a tree. She stops short. Grumpy flies out of the convertible into a tree. Which surprised me. I know it did. I, I, I will say that one of the, the big, the big cat movie of this year, Keanu, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Peter Atencio, who directed um, yes. all of Key and Peele. Love Peter. That was another movie where the cat was like never really in danger. Yeah. But they didn't do anything as blatant as actually having that stuffed animal fly into the tree. Like, I mean, especially like a beloved cat. Like Keanu, we don't know him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe you, you, maybe something dangerous did happen. Yeah, to him. you could have yeah, you could have you could have put Keanu in more danger or something, but they literally throw this stuffed animal into a tree. Yeah. Like that also kind of felt like for as much as they were saying lifetime would never really like you know for the sweet uh for the sweet sequel uh you know uh grumpy cat goes to the beach or whatever goes to hawaii yeah like they still like did some things to grumpy cat yeah absolutely wait did that really happen the no sequel? i mean but just the oh. no no <laughs> i was like wait no, what no, no just the like joke about the sequel yeah, yeah and i yeah. wonder if that was like a joke now they're thinking about it because there was a, a sequel written to beetlejuice where it was called beetlejuice in hawaii or something like that really where they actually were gonna like almost gonna make it it was like a script and everything written and it was like gonna go into production and everything but it was like beetlejuice in hawaii so i wonder if that, that was... felt like another inside writery joke to me because like writers always say like we got to write the hawaii episode yeah. because then they get to go to hawaii so it's like that's i was like oh okay yeah. Um, yeah i wonder how that played to two normal audiences where it's like oh it's just a funny because they probably it's just thought it was, yeah and it's like and then i guess maybe to the more inside i don't know there was a lot of like felt inside baseball-y to me and, like, I think that that's where I would say that the writers confused alt-comedy with writer's room comedy. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, hacky, like, older sitcom-y people. Like, that it's like, no, 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 that's not alt. Like, that's not, like, and I think that's what they were kind of going for, is, like, let's just do, like, inside bits Jokes. from the industry. And people will think that's smart. yeah. Or or just or like, edgy or something. Yeah, exactly. Or something. Because, like, you know, people are savvier now. So yeah. they must get that. Um, so oh, <laughs> she, Crystal pulls her out of the tree. She's just meowing. She can't talk anymore. JK, she can't. Oh, my God. She totally got her ass. Ugh. She totally took Crystal. Because Crystal hasn't had enough trauma today. <laughs> no. Oh, I still, I mean, I, I liked it. I, I did kind of, I generally it. kind of I liked, liked her it. tricking that. It felt like in character to me. Yeah. Like Grumpy Cat would fuck with Crystal like that. So the bad guys get arrested and mom and Robert find her. Crystal. Mom, Jesse. Thank God. So glad you're okay. Hey, where's the concern for me? You had me worried. I'm fine. Those guys didn't do anything to you, did they? That's a different kind of Lifetime movie. You know what I mean? Was she straight up asking her daughter if she was molested right now? Like, because she was fully moving her eyes up and down her body. Yeah, and then and then, and then then Grumpy Cat being like, that's a different kind of Lifetime movie. Oh, he said that? Yeah, Grumpy Cat said that's oh, a different... Oh, I missed that line. No, 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 no. yeah, Grum- so- Grumpy Cat says that's a different Lifetime movie. 
And I was just like, oh my God, they just put a rape joke in this movie. Oh, I see. I personally thought the mom, that her acting choice. Well, that too. And so I was so stunned by the acting choice that I missed the next line. No, no. Grumpy Cat says that's a different kind of Lifetime movie. Holy shit. Yeah. I just like wrote down like rape joke like that's about a little girl though too like it's yeah. not i mean it's not like i mean it's, it wouldn't be better if crystal was a 22 year old no, it, uh, it's yeah it's but yeah it's not freshman fall like yeah it's, no it's, absolutely but still i was blown away by that line yeah I, no, i'm gonna make you watch it again right now after yeah, i'm recording because oh my god that's it, that blew, was it wild. blew me away so um her mom says oh yeah is this the cat that you say talks like, and she's like, um, I can get you the treatment you need. Don't oh, yeah, worry. That was weird too. Like, and she's like, don't worry. Um, she's like, Oh, and then Crystal's like, mom, you told me to make friends. Um, and, and I did, it's a cat. And so the mom and her are walking away. It's like a sweet moment. The mom goes, I'm going to tell you something. When I was your age, I had an invisible friend. At least yours is visible. And it was like, <laughs> Huh? That doesn't make me feel better. No. Like, I'm very unsoothed by this, actually. (laughs) Like, 12 is way too old to have an imaginary friend. Grumpy Cat is genuinely communicating to your daughter. Yeah. You just straight up admitted to a weird thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just wanted her, like, if you're going to go that weirdness, she she should have been like, I had an imaginary friend, and then he was my boyfriend. Right. Exactly. Just like... Take the joke up a notch a bit. Absolutely. So Crabtree runs up to Crystal with the dog and thanks her for saving the day. But she did break into the store, so he has to dock her pay. She's like, but you don't pay me. And Crabtree's like, well, I could make you employee of the month. And I wrote, this is a very sloppy, weirdly written conversation, and I don't understand it. Yeah, it's also another, like, when you were saying, like, this is an old white guy movie. Like, that's another, like, a lot of jokes about not paying people. It seems to be, like, a big thing amongst, like, baby boomers. Yes. And, like, thinking it's, like, funny that, like, we don't, that, like, our generation doesn't pay you guys at all. Like, haha, I'll make you an employee. So that my compensation for you isn't so you can get paid. Oh, I didn't even think of it like or that. Like, or like that you can't get paid. It's like, oh, I'm going to hire you so I can give you employee of the month. Like, right. Right. I mean, I just thought it was like a disjointed conversation. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, how did you go from A to B? Like, yeah. how did you get to you owe me money and I'm going to have to, you're going to have to repay me to... I will hire you and make you employee. Of yeah, the month. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at all. It's weird. So there's a yeah. So cut to inside. The rent guy is alone, tied to a candy cane with tinsel, <laughs> uh, screaming hello, hello. Uh, it's Christmas morning at Crystal's house. She wakes up and runs under the tree. Total fake out, classic fake out. When you oh, think man. you're not gonna get the present you want, and then you do. Merry Christmas. All right, let's take it slow, okay? This is the best Christmas ever. Sure, go ahead. Ignore the title of my movie. I just wrote, damn, that cat is so grumpy. <laughs> like, she says something, she's sassing her, like, nonstop. Like, girl, you just got adopted. You barely have a house. <laughs> um, you can barely, like, you know, don't test this bitch. Like, yes, Crystal is desperate for a friend, but you've already been returned twice, honey. Yeah. Know your place. Yeah. Time and a place. Come on, it's uh, Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day. Like, literally, on Christmas Day, you can't suck it up, grumpy cat. Why, you have to ruin every holiday, grumpy Ugh. cat? Does anyone ever get a break? 
So Robert comes over with coffees. She's uh, always on. They're an officially. She's always on, dude. It's like, just stop being so fucking grumpy, okay? Like we get the bit. You don't have to live like this. Um. So Robert comes over with coffee, and we see that uh, Mom and Robert are an item now. Notice that they had little like golden yeah. present bows, and then the mom didn't take it off before she sipped her coffee. So the Fuck bow that. just smushed right into her nose. <laughs> And I was like, it's how Christmas. that's so uncomfortable. <laughs> also, uh, it's like, did she like, what's with the, was that a callback to the barista thing? Oh, no, with, like, I didn't the coffee, think that, like, maybe, maybe Robert's fucking the same barista shit. that, yeah, he's like, I was just with my, my morning piece. And this now is I'm a driving dark, over here, oh. unwrap presents with my girl and her kid. <laughs> After fucking some barista all night, she made me these coffees. Also, I was thinking, it's so rude that this little girl can go through all of this very serious, very adult stuff throughout this entire Traumatic. movie, and they didn't bring her a coffee. Like, yeah. she's old enough for coffee now. If yeah. She has- I mean, I didn't drink coffee at that age, but I certainly knew people who did drink coffee at that age. My mom started me on coffee then because the school always wanted to put me on Adderall. Oh. And I, my mom's like, she's not ADD. But they were like, give her I'll, give you, I'll give you a stim. I'll, I'll put her on a stimulant. So my, oh my mom gosh. would take me to Dunkin' Donuts before school. Fuck, I wish I had coffee. Maybe I started in high school. I wish I had coffee then because I feel like I had a hard time focusing as a kid. All right, everyone, put your grumpy faces on and sing. Jingle bells, Christmas smells, and it's really dumb. Worse are movies about Christmas, so I hope you all are glum. And then we cut to all three of the mean girls at their homes on Christmas morning. They reach into their stockings and there's a lump of coal. Lump of coal. Wow. So that was it. That was Grumpy Cat's worst Christmas ever. And then the and then the over the credits, the meow, meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be honest with you, I didn't make it through the credits. Uh I mean, but Oh my, see, during the credits, she even says, like, see, this is the best part of the movie, or something like that. Yeah. Of like just her singing jingle bells. You know there was a there was a CD released in the late 80s called Jingle Cats. And it was literally just getting cat meows to sing all the classic uh Christmas songs. And she it was, was working overtime on Meow Day. Yeah, yeah. I mean that might have been a whole day. That's I really think yeah. it was Meow Day. One day for just meows and then one day for the dialogue. <laughs> Wait, I have a my favorite murder question. Does Elvis really meow? When it, when she asks if she wants mm-hmm. a cookie, that's real yeah. life. Every time, yeah. That's I crazy. literally bring the mic over to a little behind the scenes curtain here. I literally bring my mic to to Elvis, and then he'll just like. That is so cute. Yeah. Aww. Um. So. Okay, this is from the message board. Oh yeah, you read the message boards. I'm excited about this. I really, I'm really glad you started doing that because some of the message board people are just wild. <laughs> Amazing. So this message thread is called Lil Bub Forever. Oh fuck, rivalry. It says, Grumpy Cat's owners are sellout. I much prefer Bub's warm indie aesthetic. And then someone writes, LOL, I love them both. They're just kitties. Indie aesthetic. And then Ruthie rocks, right? Yeah, but Grumpy Cat is a cutie. It's not her fault. Her owners are greedy. Then uh, Eheart writes, I agree with you. I think both cats are very cute, but I personally feel annoyed with the amount of off-internet coverage Grumpy Cat is getting, e.g. being on Good Morning America, this movie, etc. I know it's not the cat's fault, though. Then talking e- about this cat like it's a fucking vaporwave like thing. 
And then Ehart did not, not feeling content to just leave that, writes, I agree with you. I think both cats are very cute, but I personally feel annoyed with the amount of off. Oh, it's just a double post. Okay, never mind. Wow. So then, uh, pencil. Oh, Penny Lane. Uh, it's hey, it's, it's my Penny cat. Lane with all underscores. Maybe it is Penny oh, Lane. Oh, shit. It's your my cat on IMDb. Um, Lil Bub had a show on Animal Planet last Christmas, so they're sellouts too. Both <laughs> cats are cute. And well, then someone, Baby Bear 664 writes, I like both cats too. <laughs> <laughs> that is the wildest conversation I've ever heard. And I have a cat podcast. <laughs> But like, I just, to me, and one of my favorite things to joke about is to joke about things in that way of like, oh, this restaurant is the like pitchfork of restaurants or like this, like this uh, ceramic bowl. Like the idea that these people are genuinely talking about the indie aesthetic of one famous cat over the other is bananas. Bananas. So um, this is one, uh, the thread is called Pokey. Uh, Lily Violet writes, I hope they show Grumpy Cat's brother, Pokey. I hope Pokey is treated as well as Grumpy Cat Tartar Sauce. Little known fact. Yeah. Widely known fact, maybe. Grumpy Cat's real name is Tartar Sauce. Yeah. I do feel sorry for her. All of the travel and tons of strangers holding her. Uh, And then Model 101 writes, Pokey was not in the movie. I watched it tonight. (laughs) No, but I read it. I saw in the trivia that they said Pokey was in the movie. And then, yeah. He's on he's on the wrapping paper, and but we're we're getting okay, there. Okay, okay, sorry, so sorry. JSL underscore ninety nine writes: Supposedly Pokey is the true grumpy cat. Perhaps he doesn't like being held by strangers. All cats are different. <laughs> and then you can make a better movie. Writes during the opening credit, there was some wrapping paper with cartoon heads of Grumpy Cat and Pokey. That was the only nod to him in the movie. <laughs> some real Pokey heads out there. Yeah. Oh um, what is this? I haven't read this one. It's called, Are You Serious? Our World Green Cheese writes, Why? Why ruin something that was funny before? Looks like this is just going to be the worst movie ever. I'm going to watch it just to make fun of it. No lifetime. Just no. Because free money is <laughs> MHJM6's response. Then Piggins21 writes, Worse than shit-tastic Aaliyah movie Lifetime just put out? Not Whoa. a chance. Then shots fired. Animon writes, they are on a roll lately. Oh, there's some lifetime hate in here. Then Vigo Toe writes, Grumpy Cat was never funny. Lifetime is Whoa. the perfect channel for that pussy. <laughs> oh shit. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Penguin Cat Penguin Cat responds, Well, only a grumpy person would not find Grumpy Cat funny and then come on a message board to say so. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, that is that is the most. I don't know which conversation was more insane. Then Vigo Toe writes exactly. She's a weak poser. And then <laughs> Blue Rain writes, "Well, the normal person would just be glad to see a movie made about something they love." <laughs> um, then Jeff Daniels writes, "Normal? Ha 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 ha! No normal person would love to see a movie about a cat who used to be popular on the internet. I loved Grumpy Cat's memes, but this is getting out of hand. I watched the trailer, and I said, we're so close to the Id- idiocracy era. What a sad world! Only retards would watch your butts." <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> great! 
<laughs> Says the guy who's saying we're close to idiocracy. Only retards would watch or buy this movie. Um, what did you get? Like speaking lessons from me? Um, Blue Rain writes, that's mature. Stop calling people names. Um, goes on to page two. This is, I'm sorry, I have to read all no, these. No, no, this is... Alex Ferguson, 86, writes, Grumpy Cat was maybe slightly funny in 2012 Ooh. for about a week. Seriously, though, Ooh. this has to be the first film ever based off a meme. Hopefully, it'll also be the last. If we ever see Dodge the movie, then we know that the time end of times are nigh. Uh, actually, this is the second movie that was based off a meme. This is in the trivia. And the other movie also starred Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. It's Safety Not Guaranteed. Um, Jer Bear One writes, Broccoli Dog, the movie, soundtrack by Rebecca Black. The soul-saving feature on this movie is that throughout, Grumpy Cat acknowledges that this is a stupid movie, and the viewer is lame for watching it. There are a few good lines, not as many as any Garfield film. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, they're just comparing cat Shit. movies. Dude, I, that just took it up to another level. What kind of inept creative team decided that Grumpy Cat should have a female voice? Am I alone in this? No one ever listens to me. If the package is pretty, no one cares what's inside. Oh, that's like her signature. Um, Mr. Film Junkie writes, because the actual grumpy cat named Tartar Sauce is a female cat, isn't it? I don't like it either. Very dark male voice would have been a better fit. And Invisible Jim writes, Stephen Wright would have, would have been voicing... Oh, Stephen Wright should have been voicing this cat. Then Jua22 writes, that would have been perfect. Um... SWC 11485501133 writes, While I feel Aubrey Plaza did a good job, I think Stephen Wright, the guy on the couch with his monotone voice, would have been awesome. I mean, would he do, would Stephen Wright do a Lifetime movie? I don't think these people are real. Like, I don't <laughs> think these people have any concept of how anything works. No. Like, they come in hot with, um, she shouldn't even be a chick. And then they go to like, it should just be Stephen Wright. That's yeah. the only logical op- option. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, David Villa comes up with, yeah, because Grumpy Cat is a female. Um, then Joan of Arc writes, uh, I'm thinking they couldn't have gone wrong with either Sarah Silverman or me. We can go from whining to sardonic to exasperated to anything else. Aubrey Plaza, for her many talents, doesn't do vocal emotional range. Oh, she was literally suggesting herself for the part. Oh, well. It could have been Sarah Silverman or her. What, what was her handle again? It's Jonah Vark, but it's J-O-N-A-H-V-A-R-Q-U-E. Hmm. Uh, just what are her IMDb credits? Interesting. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, what other message? You can see what other message words people comment on. Oh, she does a lot of good work on the MacGyver uh, <laughs> Message board, she's commenting on the survivor message board. Uh, definitely, maybe. Wow. Um, oh, she has an illustrious. It's a lot on uh, America's Got Talent, Husk. Um, anyway, um, Bill underscore the underscore intrepid writes, yes, tartar sauce is a female cat. In my opinion, Aubrey is the perfect choice for this role. But I don't think she made the perfect choice by agreeing to star in this film. I enjoy the memes. Making Grumpy Cat into a movie is taking things a bit too far. Very even keeled, Bill. I respect this comment. I am right there with you, in fact. Totally with you, Bill. So far, Bill is the most reasonable person I've seen on IMDb today. I agree with Bill. Uh, Big Guy 20 writes, When I find- <laughs> <laughs> These names, Big Guy 20. Uh, when I found out that Grumpy Cat was female, and when this movie was in the script stage, I thought Jane's Jane's- 
Oh, because Merrick would be the good grumpy cat voice. Ooh. But after seeing the trailer, Aubrey's voice is just as good. Rad Robot V writes, I'm not at all familiar with Aubrey Plaza. Uh, sorry. I'm not, at all, I'm not at all familiar with Aubrey Plaza, but doesn't she tend to play grumpy characters? Um... Yes, yes, she does. Then we have several deleted posts. Someone may have had some regrets. Ooh. Um, does it say if they're like deleted by the mods or if it's deleted by commenter? It's, I think it was deleted by the administrator. Yeah. Shit. That was bad. That was, man, that must have been salacious. That was really bad. Okay. Brown Sugar writes, hey, it's cum slit here. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't even think I registered what you just said because I'm just like, what? I, Can you read that again for me? Hey, it's cum slit here. I admit, I must have been so warped in my conviction that Grumpy Cat was, is, should be, and should always be a male. And I didn't think to Google it. But hey, at least I know the definitive difference between to compliment, praise, and to compliment to go well with slash add to feature. Oh, add feature to improved quality. No. Okay. So she's saying that like this guy's, this guy's a, okay. So I'm going to go back and guess that this guy called her cum slit in the message board. And that's what got everything deleted. And that's why now she's taking back the night by saying uh, like, okay, I'm got cum you, slit. Got you. Okay. And, uh, you, have I was like, she's coming grammar. in hot with that. Yeah. <laughs> name. <laughs> Our world green cheese writes, well, they did that because Grumpy Cat is a girl, so they made a girl voice. And by the way, your comment sounds extremely sexist. Uh, okay, we're getting some context here. General Not So 6501 writes, and that's exactly what would have went down if they cast a male voice. It would have been a huge mistake. Dr. Scrotes uh, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Malls, these aren't real names. <laughs> Dr. Scrotes writes... <laughs> Yes, this is rather unfortunate. I'm aware tartar sauce is a female. However, it's well known that women just aren't quite as good at comedy in general. Oh, shit. Could have gotten away with casting a male voice actor. Cat's genitals are rather ambiguous if you don't know what to look for. Okay, Dr. Scrotes. He is, fucking dick. He's fucking on You're, the, so you're many... what's wrong with this world, man. It, 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 like That comment, I feel like, probably happens... In any thread of any message board, 10 posts deep. Some Absolutely. dude fucking walks in and just <laughs> says, like, women are funny. It's like, doesn't, you could just, it's like a, like a, it's like a, uh, what's when you fill in the blanks? Like Mad, mad Libs. Yeah, like That yeah, dude yeah. is always going to show up and add that into, the, into the conversation. Absolutely. And um, I can only imagine what, like, the Ghostbusters message board is like right now. Ooh. Like, it's probably the gnarliest place on the internet. Um, Worse than hurt, Right. Yeah. What empirical evidence do you have to support your claim that it's well known that women just aren't so good at comedy in general? Uh, Dr. Scrotes writes back, I should have said that there's not as many worthwhile female comedians. If most people were to list their five favorite comedian, chances are there wouldn't be any females on the list. And that may be because traditionally comedy wasn't seen as a career for women. Uh, Jess Henthorne writes, how does it feel to be incredibly wrong? Sarah Silverman, Amy Schumer, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Amy Sedaris, Melissa McCarthy. The list goes on and on. You're just sexist. And then Dr. Scrotes writes, 
George Carlin, Russell Peters, Dave Chappelle, Russell Louis C.K., Steve Martin, Robin Williams, Eddie Murphy, Jerry Seinfeld, Stephen Merchant. Can you honestly say you've had more laughs from your six female comedians? The one I listed were just off the top of my head, and there's tons more. I'm not wrong. Chances are, if you get people to tell you their top five comedians, zero would be females. Wow. That doesn't necessarily mean females are not as funny as males, so uh, the sexist call is unfounded. Um, no, not really. Uh, that person was like the the internet. I feel like I just got to finish this out. Yeah. Uh, General Not So 6501 writes, I think I see what he's trying to get at. Not <laughs> as many female comedians are really given a chance. At least one time, oh, at least at one time they did not. Stand-up comedy was dominated by men for quite a while, so it only makes sense there would be more hot male comedians around. Tina Fey broke new ground by bringing by being a female writer for SNL, and in this year's 2000s, hmm? female comedians have been held back for years. Uh, World of Snail writes, "You're just goyist, okay." Whoa, Z-Z- it's getting anti-Semitic now. What's yeah, happening here? Uh, I don't know. Uh, this is wild. Okay, so this is, uh, again, the Grumpy Cat's worst Christmas ever <laughs> message board on IMDb. <laughs> Wait, where did, I forget, how did this thread start? It was something about the movie. It started with why, is, why did they cast a female voice? Yes, you're right. Okay. Okay. This is like, where did we come from in this journey? Because Grumpy Cat is female, because, uh, yeah, Dr. Jeff 21 writes, because Grumpy Cat is female and Aubrey Plaza did a pretty good job with the voice. Metal Geek writes, if they'd given Grumpy a male voice, the movie would have sounded like yet another Garfield film. Uh, you know, that's actually a good point. Ammermanths, <laughs> yeah, agree. Even if the cat itself is female, the voice is still terrible. It doesn't sound like Grumpy at all. A good voice actor would make you believe that the voice is the cat's voice, not some hacked chick in a sound booth. Agree. Even if the cat had... So- okay, sorry. So then he writes... Um, oh, Dr. Scrotes has a casting suggestion. How about the guy who played Polly in The Sopranos? I think he would have done a good job. The <laughs> guy who, Walnuts? The guy who played Polly. I don't, I'm not even going to bother to know the actor's name. I'm just going to say the dude from this, mo- from this one TV show. Exactly. My mom met him on a vacation once. Just hanging out on the beach? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, D.G. Hurley writes, Grumpy Cat is a female. In IMO, Aubrey Plaza is perfect because she plays bored, sarcastic, grumpy characters a lot. Have you seen her on Parks and Recreation? She's basically the human version of Grumpy Cat. That's what I'm saying. Um, And then, hey, 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 that's what I say, wrote, I just bought four DVDs of this movie for Christmas, and I don't think I'd be doing that if not for Aubrey Plaza. She's a terrific actor, criminally underrated by idiots who, do, who think deadpan isn't real acting. I think that giving Grumpy Cat a male voice would have ruined it for her authenticity, which is a big part of what makes internet memes special. This is a real cat who is owned by a real waitress, and the internet reacted to her photos. Changing her sex would be Hollywood shit. You know what? I just remembered a fact that the woman who owns Grumpy Cat worked at a Red Lobster. Really? So was Is that, that the inspo? N- was that the ins- yeah, but behind the the single mom? Maybe. Oh shit. Oh shit. Now, I just like the idea that Tim Hill and Jeff Morris were like hanging out with this woman and like getting inspired by her life to create this Grumpy Cat movie. Exactly. And they're like, "Oh, she's like works at a chain restaurant, pet store. We got to have a pet store." 
where could we oh mall that's great and then like, that was the brainstorming session and they were like yeah and then it's Christmas time obviously she's dating one of the elves a hunky <laughs> elf um, it's a very generous term this calling is interesting. him hunky <laughs> this is the last one I'll read because I might be getting a little bit tedious but I love being tedious um James568 wrote, I didn't really like the movie, but it was something about watching it on a cold night. One thing that really got my attention was the Ofsfina commercial. Why on earth would they run a commercial like that when they know kids will be watching this movie? So um, Ofsfina... Yeah, what is that? Is It's a vaginal dryness medication. Mm. And like, I'm, gonna, I'm here to say, if you can make a rape joke in a children's movie, you can tell kids about vaginal dryness. Yeah. That is a much more natural thing, a much more acceptable, honest, body con- body awareness thing, yeah. vaginal dryness, than anything that's happened in this movie. Someone I feel wrote, like I saw a lot of those commercials as a kid. Like medicine stuff. No, but yeah, like yeah. they're, they're For, more open. I mean, they didn't show a tam- an actual tampon on TV until Friends. Oh, wow. I, I didn't think. know like the first was The first one was on Friends, and it was a big fucking deal. I just remember like seeing infomercials about like showing like moms at the park playing tennis or like dropping off the kids to school. And then it's like, I mean, I don't think when we were growing up products existed like this for women. Like I think that women were always targeted with depression Mm. medication. Oh, like the little, I just remember that cartoon of like the sad blob that like would hop around yeah, or like, like they're like, oh, she's playing tennis and talking to her friends again, and that's because she's on this. Like, oh, you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah, when you yeah, see yeah. that. Like, yeah. Um, I saw a commercial for Plan B recently, and I knew the actress. It's not crazy. I didn't even know they had commercials for. Plan yeah, B. Yeah, they totally do commercials for Plan B now. That's the world we live in, and I think that's great. That's um, amazing. I was surprised at the commercial. Also, they should not have aired that on a kids' movie. Uh, and then someone wrote, that commercial was for us cat ladies. The kids won't know what they're talking about anyway. Yes. <laughs> uh, then Loyal Sock that. writes, kids ask questions. Commercial targeted to an adult audience have no place in TV programs viewed by children. The network staff responsible for soliciting advertisers should have known better to accept or solicit the Osfina one. It can lead to a lot of questions that a parent is not so prepared to or ready to answer. It's just vaginal dryness. Yeah, what's the what's the weird that's such a strange It's for ladies with sick vaginas. Like just that's how you would say that to a kid. Yeah. Mo- mommy's special area is is dry. It yeah. itches or something. Sometimes ladies have a sick sometimes ladies have problems and it's for that. And that's all you have to explain. No more questions. I'm sure once you say vagina to your five year old son, the combo's over. He's pressing escape. It's so weird. It's the morality of it. Also, this movie isn't a kids' movie, right? This. So this is yeah. you're on you're on track with Don't Breathe. The next commenter. Don't breathe. It wasn't promoted as a kids' movie, so it wasn't Lifetime's fault. Besides, every girl needs to know about that kind of stuff later on, anyway. All right. That's our friend. We have, but I'm sad that like our two. I'm sad that our true progressive commenters were the absolute last comments on the entire thing. So did they shut it down with their like, or were the trolls? I don't know if they were like upvoted or if like, it's just like finally people over the course of time got some fucking sense knocked into them between now and 2000 or 2014 and now. Dr. Scrotes didn't want to come back and have some quip about vaginas or something or, or I mean, I don't know. I don't think he was 
with her. I don't. I think Dr. Scrooge voted for Trump. Um, oh, he definitely voted for Trump. Maybe it is Trump. Yeah, it probably is. Um, so, do we have any other trivia or fun shit to go over in this movie? Um, well, uh, Grumpy Cat was named MSNBC named Grumpy Cat the most influential cat of 2012. Um, the meme started on Reddit. Um, the picture, it was a picture of Grumpy Cat, um, Tartar Sauce, who was born on April 4th, 2012. So, uh, Tartar Sauce is an Aries like me, um, because we're both April babies. And, uh, Grumpy Cat looks the way she does because, um, she has an underbite and then she has feline dwarfism. So that's why she's kind of like, you like, you notice that her legs are kind of like crooked a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why the, to me watching the movie a second time, it became very apparent how careful everyone was with lifting her. Yeah. Everyone like the movie kind of stops to like lift her. They're like movie. All right, hold on. Let's just slowly lift this cat. Okay. Begin narrative again. How much do you think? The owner got paid for all this licensing grumpy cat shit. I mean, it must have been very complicated because there was the licensing stuff. There was, did Tabitha act, you know, as moving the cat, like during all the like inserts and stuff. Right. Was she like the pet wrangler? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was she the pet wrangler for the movie? Um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, was, was grumpy cat paid a stunt fee or was that because it was a puppet? Was it, you know? Was it more, did it not come into play at all? God, I don't even know. Cause I don't even know how much, if Aubrey Plaza, if Aubrey Plaza made like mills on this, like made a million, mm-hmm. I mean, it must've, cause how much does this benefit? How much does doing a lifetime movie benefit a meme and vice versa? It's just money. Like who benefits the most from this? I mean, I would say grumpy cat. Grumpy Cat benefits the most just because there's a lot of, especially the Lifetime audience, uh, is someone approached me about an idea of doing like an auction, like on, on a show, like on HSN. And mm-hmm. I said, the issue with that is that like, you're not going, you're not going to be able to sell like hip shit that you want to sell on HSN because the audience isn't there oh, okay. and they don't understand. Got like it. they're used to calling up and buying their sweater. And yeah. that's one of 1,000 or one of 10,000 mm-hmm. or whatever. So um, I think that this is like a huge licensing deal for Grumpy Cat. I'm going through the website, grumpy, grumpycats.com. Oh. Um, grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever is on a rollback. Uh, the DVD is on sale for six ninety six. Six ninety six. Yeah. Is it on DVD or is it even on Blu-ray? It's on DVD. Yeah. Uh, it does look like um, Grumpy Cat's first original. No, I don't think it is. No Blu-ray. Wow. So you um, mean the only way we're able to watch this thing in Sweet 1080 is is by renting it on iTunes? Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you think that was a weird licensing thing with Lifetime where like you can sell like a DVD version of it? I mean, it said it's sold and shipped by Walmart. I just noticed that. Oh. So I'm sure... I mean, some of these things have... Some of these DVDs or some of these Lifetime movies go to DVD. Yeah. Like the client list went to DVD. Yeah. Which we're doing very soon. Um, Grumpy Cat. Uh, By the way, they have a little golden book. Do you remember those from when we were kids? The books with the gold binding? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The like little story storybook. Yeah. uh, Grumpy Cat has one of those. Um, Sweet. Then there's an advice book. 
Um, there's throw pillows. There's um, cyber, there's a Cyber Monday package that's like literally everything you would need to throw a grumpy cat party. It's napkins, balloons, I'm plates. I'm surprised this stuff isn't sold at like Urban Outfitters. It probably is. This feels like like this feels like an Urban Outfitters like you have Grumpy Cat worst Christmas ever like in the checkout aisle like at Urban Outfitters. And then they have then they have this. Um, someone created Grumpy Cat Christmas decorations on their lawn. They're actually quite nice. Wow, I'm looking at them right now, and I'm not mad at that. I might. I might, depending on how much it is, I might, I might spring for that one Check day. it out. You might need to check that <laughs> out. Um, okay, so do you want to go into the rating system? Yeah, let's do the lifetime scale. Babe, so psyched. Okay, acting. <sighs> okay. What's so, your favorite movie? Well, first, okay. Um, oh, I wanted to say my, one of my favorite movies is In the Mood for Love. Which yes, is, Wong Kar Wai. Yeah, which is Wong Kar Wai. You know what? I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Lost in Translation. I'd say In the Mood for Love or Lost in Translation. If I'm thinking of movies that are like great, my favorite, pinnacle of acting. I mean, because like Jurassic Park is also one of my favorite movies, but I'm not necessarily liking it for those reasons. Right. But if I'm thinking of like the way that we've, you know, the way that you've constructed the scale, I would say like In the Mood for Love or Lost in Translation is like a one. So one is Lost in Translation. Yeah. And five is the most lifetimey lifetime movie possible. Yeah. Okay. Acting. How close was it to Lost in Translation? Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? Because some of these people were acting like they were in a kid's movie, which is different from a Lifetime movie. It was big. It was big acting. But I feel like, I think it kind of translated. And so I'm going to give it, I think if I was being more conservative, I might give it a three, but I kind of want to give it a four. Because I feel like Daniel Robeck, which I think is the name, I think that's the name of the George. Yeah. I think he had a couple of solid moments. Like, it's George's day today. Yeah. Like, I think he had enough solid moments. And I think, I think, yeah, I, I think Crystal was like pretty straight. So like, she was kind of a good actor in this she movie. She was nominated for best female <laughs> in a team. She got, she was nominated for Leo. But the, the crooks who we spend an inordinate amount of time with, I think they make it a four for me. Yeah. And their, and their whole scene, which we didn't talk about too much, but the whole scene with them and the, and the little boy in the suit, like that stuff was like. <laughs> It was kids cartoony, but it was still lifetime in the sense of the over the topness and, and the glory. It had a weird mix of Disney Channel meets Freeform yes. or something. Disney Channel original movie. Yeah. It was very like, oof. Like, yeah. And that's why I almost wondered, like, that's the that's directing. Because, yeah. like, the director read the script, right? Yeah. Like, he Supposedly. saw that there was a rape joke in there, right? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, he helped write it, you know? I mean, exactly. Oh, that's right. You're yeah, right. Tim Hill uh, helped write, wow, helped write it with Jeff Morris. confused man. What a confused man. I'm sorry, Tim Hill. Big fan. Uh, underreactions. Um, this was pretty big for me. Because uh, I felt like there was a lot of pretty major things that happened, especially with a child being in a dangerous situation. And... Yes. There was no levity to that. Yes. Like if I called my mom and said, mom, I'm being chased by three robbers in a mall and a cat is talking to me. Like, like she would have done more than just like, she would have called 911. She would have had the police on their way there. You know what I mean? She wouldn't have pulled up and tried to handle things on her own. Yeah. This was very much. Yeah. Because there's so many moments where the people should have just, why did they, why didn't they call the police first? Don't call your mom first. Call the police first. 
Yeah. Do we want to say a four? I kind of do. Yeah, I think we should go with the four. Overreactions. Um, overreactions. Well, I mean, the it, wind is taken out of it immediately by Aubrey Plaza being the voice because yeah. she, because like our main character is nonplussed. Yes. Uh, and everyone else is kind of plussed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're thinking of like, okay, overreactions, do they overreact to any of this stuff? I mean, I want to give it a two. Yeah. Cause I, even, cause even like, I'll do a 2.5 just because I feel, I'm, I mean, here's the thing. It's like the, I'm going to, I have to retire. Like, mom, why are you calling me? Yeah, like, yeah. Adults don't, that's only in true. kids movies. That's true. Um, but it's, it's overreactions, but not, but not at the things that make it a lifetime movie, I guess. I okay. You're right. Let's say two. That's two. So two for over four for under four for acting. Yeah. Then our good friend dialogue. I mean, Aubrey Plaza really carries this movie and I think there's some really, you know what? I'm going to give this, I have to give this a five because it's like, you know, maybe a four. Cause I just think all the actual, like the genuine dialogue is bad, is bad it movie. Is bad. cheesy. It's, any of the like genuine moments like come and go in the breeze, like I have to give it a four because there were some great moments. I will tell you this. There were a few moments that I laughed out loud, which never happens with these movies. Like it's just two hours of me sitting in silence, sometimes (laughs) crying. Um, I never laugh at these movies. You didn't laugh at a, at a eight inches cut secret family. Oh, I mean, I laughed at his secret family with Ronnie, but like when I was watching, I was like, damn, it's fucking weird, dude. Death click is, is actually very tough to get through. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think there was some good jokes in here for sure, but it's just hard to call it dialogue in a sense because it does feel like a majority of like the good moments in this movie are just Aubrey Plaza in a voice booth. Okay. Let's do four. Yeah. Wardrobe overall. I mean, I think this was like a two in the sense that it like how you were saying earlier, I think it kind of like nailed the era. Yeah. So I think it was good in that sense. Like I think they captured whatever like, uh, 2014 was. I think they yeah. captured it fine and yeah. it worked, and it wasn't like over the top. I mean, maybe it's the weird braces... that that was just two years ago, and we're like, yeah, like back then in 2014, like, like... a post Avril Lavigne era <laughs> of like dressing up. Um, wigs weaves. Um, do we give points for the Santa costumes because they were actually really good? So I would actually give this like a if I'm that was what immediately sprung to mind. Russell Peters was falling off of his face yeah don't you i mean didn't like it, like well it like was just a, i mean it was bad but it still looked like they spent like, money money on that costume like it looked like a like the buttons like kind of seemed kind of oh but i guess if we're just thinking the the wigs yeah do you think no 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 no. i count that i count mustaches and stuff too yeah, yeah, yeah. uh i mean the drew peterson stash was pretty good i think that was real do oh. you he I thought, seems like a guy who could grow that. Yeah, I thought the blonde, the blonde crook in the, from the band, the one that called himself Kurt Cobain. I thought that that could have been fake, but I didn't oh, know. Oh, you think his hair? 
I almost think that those, because I think looking at the IMDb credits, I feel like those two guys had the least amount of credits. Yeah. So I thought maybe that those, like, the writer just, like, knew those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, could those be guys true. are just like that. Yeah, that could be true. Like, I almost, I mean, it, it's kind of like for the same reason with clothes. It just feels very, there wasn't that much over the top. I mean, no. Grumpy Cat was Grumpy Cat. She didn't change her hair at all. Let's uh, let's give it a one. Yeah, let's give it a it's, one. It's just like Lost in Translation. Makeup. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any cakey, weird makeup, because that's the, usually the biggest. Yeah. The, the little girl, like the mean girls were kind of over the top a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they were really on the nose. There was sometimes where George looked kind of gaunt to me. Like really, like I feel like his he felt like kind of sallow and sick, you know, like this like creepy cop guy. But I wonder if maybe I just was like so into the character that when he turned evil, he the just little guy, ugly. his face got very very red when he was upset, which definitely seemed like a makeup thing. Like when yeah. he had just been held over the balcony, yeah, like he, he was like really and, like yeah, flush. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that's. I mean, what about the mom? Like, because they were like. It almost seemed like at the beginning of the movie, like they were trying to trick us into thinking that like maybe she was like the main, well, not they weren't tricking us because she clearly wasn't, but like that she had a kid was like crazy. So like doing her hair with like, like in her makeup, like very rosy and like with the, you know, bangs. I felt like they were going for like a Tammy Taylor effect with her where they're like, this is just like a natural, beautiful mom. Yeah. You love her. Let's Uh, give makeup a two. Yeah, let's give it a two. Why not? Crying. Crying? Crystal had a crying scene. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, she, for a little she girl. loses faith in humanity moment kind of thing. She it, did well though with it. Yeah, I think, I think it's like a two, one, or no, it's a one. I mean, two. Yeah, I think the mom never cried. No one ever like. Yeah. Cried, which I almost feel like that's where underreactions is so clutch. Yeah. Maybe that's underreactions is a five. I don't know. Yeah, under. Mm. I think we can give the crying a a one here and that'll kind of balance it out. Victimization of the female character. It's hard to tell. Well, because isn't the female character a grumpy cat as well as Crystal? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Crystal definitely, like, had it rough. She had her whole situation with her dad. She was constantly dealing with abandonment issues. She couldn't make friends. Uh, and then she was chased around by three grown men yeah. for hours in the dark. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, really, like, creeped me out. At a certain yeah. point, it just was like, this is creepy. Yeah. Like, it was uncomfortable. They're literally running around an empty mall. Yeah, it was uncomfortable to watch. It was really uncomfortable to watch. And, like, even though I knew it was literally impossible that, that was something gonna- <laughs> was going to happen in this girl, I was like, I don't like this. I don't like the way it makes me feel. Yeah. Like, this is inappropriate. Um, I think this is a three and a half. I want to... I, I think I would go three because I think it almost... And maybe that's just my privilege that it never quite hit me how bad it was until the end of like, oh, shit, you know? It's almost like, yeah, like, this character is going through this adventure and then it almost hits them, like, how fucked up it is. Mm-hmm. Like, the the movie turns off and Crystal's like, then she really becomes an introvert and becomes the thing that her mom was all worried about after yeah, this movie. Absolutely. And she literally just holes up with Grumpy Cat and has no friends and just... She doesn't need friends. Yeah. She and, has a friend. Yeah, she doesn't need friends. 
But yeah, I guess for me, because it almost didn't hit me. So yeah, three and a half. Let's do three and a half. Like, why does, I mean, I guess, yes, you should want your kids to be social and normal. Yeah. But why was the mom, like, why was her storyline that she had no friends? Like, wasn't there another way to get to the cat without it being that, like, the mom is overly concerned with this daughter having playmates? Yeah, couldn't couldn't it have been a thing where, like, this girl is, like, kind of a badass, sarcastic um, girl who maybe le- learns more about, like, responsibility or something where she's slacking at her job and she accidentally lets the dog get stolen or something, you know? Yeah. They could have gone about it that way, too. I mean, I guess it's the only way you could really get the... You had to do the wish in order mm. to do the talking, but you could have made her like an animal head. Like you could have made her like a oh, person yeah, yeah. that like, cause loves all things living is very like respectful of, you know, cause she yeah. loved everyone at the mall. Yeah. She probably regularly loves animals. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, she volunteers at this pet store. Yeah. She didn't get paid. Yeah. Why did she have to, why did it have to be that she's a fucking loner with no one in her life? Yeah. I mean, it didn't increase the stakes for me. It just made me think that this mom has some weird hookups. Yeah. Weird protective issues. Yeah. Hang up. Sorry. Not hookups. Probably also weird hookups. Yeah. Font. Uh, font is, I will give it a five. It was fucking on fire. In I'll this give movie. you that five. I'll give you that five. Like just using the meme font, having the typewriter, doing all the titles, like the safari adventure, like right. this editor like went nuts. And it was a little like, it was a little ghetto. Like it was also like, it wasn't like you wouldn't have seen that in a real if it was a feature that was released in a theater, no. those would not, they would have done well, yeah, Something I was more artistic. Well, I was gonna say, I say the editor went nuts because this isn't this isn't fonts done by a graphic designer. Mm-mm. This isn't something that they specially designed for this movie. This is an editor having fun and then using the the preset, but your basic ass fonts that are in already in the editing program. He yeah. didn't need to go to Photoshop for this. Yeah, no, no, he, no. He was just like, oh, let me use the typewriter font. Let me use the jungle like Jurassic Parky font. Let yeah. me use the you know, the impact, like yeah. your basic, let me throw a stroke on it, make it look exactly like the meme, but they didn't need to leave the editing program to do these fonts. Yeah. So I think that's why it's so lifetimey because it's like, it is creative, but it's also like the easiest thing possible too. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say five for this one. What was weird was how many slights they made towards it being a lifetime movie and like, the network's not going to like this. They're like, yeah, right. Like the execs won't like this. And it's like, it was so interesting to me that like, I I don't know. There's just something was very off about it to me. I just think that's because they already made their money. They don't care. Like I, I almost think that the executive, like that it's like, it's like that thing where that guy was like, I'm going to watch this just to make fun of it. And it's like, no, you lost already. Right. Like if you watch this movie, you lost already. The movie already took your time from you. So if you're watching it to make fun of it, you are the joke, not the movie. Absolutely. Like we wanted to watch this movie because I mean, in some weird way, well, I almost, I'm sad. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, like I think almost part of us wanted it to be more of a genuine movie instead of like, a movie that is constantly referring to how bad it is. Like, just let it be bad. Yeah, I will, I like a movie that knows what it is. Yes. I like a movie that doesn't try to cast a big star, that doesn't try to have great dialogue, that literally just does the classic 
following the outline of a movie, suspense here, danger here, threat there, personal development. <laughs> like, that's what I, I mean, I just want that. I, that's what I look for in a Lifetime movie. And I felt like this movie just did not, my biggest issue, it did not know its place. Yeah. Yeah. It thought it was too clever to be on Lifetime. Exactly. And yet it's on Lifetime. So. And yeah, yeah. Who else you, is buying your shitty movie? Yeah, yeah. What, who are you fooling? Just, just enjoy being on so Lifetime. So bad. I want to know so bad because I know that the Grumpy Cat lady, when the owner of Grumpy Cat and his agent or whatever, like they were not like Lifetime didn't approach them. Yeah. Right. And they definitely didn't approach Lifetime because if Grumpy Cat was, I mean, not first anyway, they probably approached a bunch of other people mm-hmm. and were rejected, um, or like it was set up through the agency that Grumpy Cat and this writer, they're both repped by the same agent or something. <laughs> and they're both the, at the same agency or whatever. And they were like, hey, they, like these guys would be a good fit for this brand. And then just like the Tonka truck thing. And yeah. then they were like, maybe they attached Aubrey Plaza as talent before it sold, which is why oh, okay. when it sold to Lifetime, it probably got the punch up or something. Yeah, did it get a, did it get a budget increase or did it get because it looks really good for like a TV movie like it's shot well but it's not shot in like the death clicky kind of like overlit kind of way yeah it it, it looks like a real movie other than like it does all the, like all the movie, other yeah. than all the gag stuff the sketch stuff was very internet and very like web sketch kind of stuff but like when the movie was being a real movie, it looked like a real movie. You can't be all things to all people, you guys. I'm sorry. You just can't. Steven, what's our total? Uh, our total is, let's see. Our total is, I'm just going to read this out loud. 8, 10, uh, 16, 17, uh, I'm bad at math. 20. 19, uh, 20, uh, t- 23.5. And then 28.5. 28.5. So it's up there, but it's... It's, it's not the most lifetime No. You know, it is weird. I was going through the other day. I think the most lifetime movie we have so far is, um, by a fucking long shot, is The Full House Unauthorized. I by, would, like, by a solid 10 points or wow. something. Like, it was up there. I mean, I think that, that one is a good one because we have so- something to compare it to. You know, we have the full house to sort of put it up against and we're like, oh, this is this is the clowny version of like what that right. show was. Um, we should look over the unauthorized and figure out what else we have. But I do want to let you guys know we have the client list coming up with Christina Lopez, my partner on Please Advise. A lot of you guys love her. And so I wanted to have her on this pod. And uh, I'm still working on our third guest. I might have a surprise for you. Um Okay, you guys. Well, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Meow. Meow. Meowy Christmas. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I love Meow-y it. Meowy Chris meows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, sh- I should have written this movie, obviously. You totally um, Steven, thank you for joining me. Of course. You're this my is a, fave. This is the best. You're the best. All right. See you guys next week. Meow. Meow. Meow, meow, meow.
Thank you for listening to Mother May I Sleep With podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about the show, so reach out to us on Twitter at MMISWP. And while you're here, why not smash that subscribe button and make us a part of your weekly routine? If you want to go the extra mile, leave us a review. It helps our ranking in the iTunes store and lets other people find the show and share the lifetime love. Today's show was produced by Stephen Ray Morris with support from Christina Lopez. Molly Mae McMahon from Six Peaks made our logo. Additional thanks to our associate producer, Nicole Matthew. I'm your host, Molly McLear, and you can find me across social media as Malls or on Snapchat, Malls Official. Until next week. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.